Aloha. Hello and welcome. We're back from the ballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Fucking with the mic over here. Thank you. Not as bad as Jason Stewart. Wow, my gosh. If you guys listen to, I mean, you've heard him here many times on this show, but we also do another show called The Bachelor Lifestyle. It's about The Bachelor, but don't worry. You don't got to watch The Bachelor because I barely watch it. And then I get, and then Jason's like, oh, this thing happened. And I'm like, bullshit. Although I knew some shit this week that he didn't know. So whatever. He watches it very closely. But I've been recording with Jason. We've been doing The Bachelor Lifestyle pretty consistently for a few years now. Several years, actually. <clears throat> Although we skipped some seasons. We haven't been that consistent. But you should check it out. So we started The Bachelor, the Bachelorette. Do you know there's two Bachelorettes? Why the veil of secrecy about how many Bachelorettes there are this season? There's two Bachelorettes. Jason and I start recording, you know, to mirror the season to cover the show and he's all into it right so we go to record the first episode and it's look it's a challenge every time he's the sound coming you know we do it two locations so he's in Santa Clarita I'm in South Orange County and you know I'm a podcaster I know how to do this I got this took me a while to now if you say if I say I know how to do this and you go well I listened to episode 161 and it was clipping out every time you talked yeah that's right I didn't know how to do it then but I figured it out now I know how to do it got better equipment dialed Jason Stewart he's talking through his headphones every week or directly in his computer so we go to do the first episode of the bachelorette two bachelorette this se- bachelorettes this season we go to do the first episode, and I mean, it's the worst he's ever sounded. It's go go listen to it right now. The Bachelorette, what's it called? I don't know what the the first episode's called, but it's two episodes ago. We've done two so far this season. Oh, it's called Two Bachelorettes. So we go to record, and I'm like, I don't know if this is even usable. He's like, I'm like, you're. You either need to talk through your computer, or your headphones, or whatever, and it's just, we kind of like got it sounding. It sounds pretty bad, but then I ran it through some softwares and stuff to try to make it usable. Whatever. That's not the point. So after we record that show, I send him links for like 25 microphones that he can buy for under hundred bucks. Then I go to record the next one, the next week with him last week. And he gets on and he sounds fantastic. And he goes, Oh, oh, I go, Oh good. You bought a mic. And he goes, well, he goes, actually, um, Remember a few years ago when you told me to buy a mic and I'm like, yeah, and it didn't work. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, I still had it. He's had a mic the whole time. This whole time it was like in a fucking closet or something. And he just plugged it in and it worked. He could have been using it the entire time. I don't know what his issue was the first time. Look, he's, he's not on a Mac. He's he's hardcore Android and Windows. So it's makes it kind of difficult to communicate stuff to him 
with the different kind of plugs and stuff. But the fact is, he gave up on a mic, put it in the closet, has sounded like shit on the last probably three to four seasons that we've covered of The Bachelor. Of course, we do The Bachelor. We do The Bachelorette. We do Bachelor in Paradise, but that's kind of been ruined ever since Corinne made false accusations that she was sexually assaulted on the show. It's kind of not as fun as it used to be, but we'll get back into that. What I'm trying to say is we could have been doing a lot better Bachelor show if Jason Stewart had, had just had the wherewithal to go to get out the microphone that he already owned. He didn't even have to buy the one, the ones I sent him the links to, the Yeti, the other Yeti, the something else, whatever. Just get one, I said. Had one. Anyway, check out The Bachelorette. Oh, wait, the, ba- the Bachelor Lifestyle, the other show we do over there, where we talk about The Bachelor. And you look, you'll like it. It's funny, I promise. Um, we're talking this week. We're discussing, you know, Tom Cruise has been in the news and for good reason. Look, Top Gun 2 came out, Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. And yes, it was exactly as homoerotic as we were picturing. And yes, it was ridiculous. And sure, the bad guys, unnamed bad guys in snowy locale, just happened to have an F-14 hanging around for him and Miles Teller to steal. I'm not trying to spoil it for you. Jennifer Connelly, underused, the Admiral's daughter. Also, a very woke arrangement of pilots selected for the last mission, including a huge nerd. Okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm good with all that. Tom Cruise is back, baby. Guy got it done. Well, he was getting it done also in 1990, I think it was. When he when he recorded a, a a love letter to NASCAR, except anybody that worked on the movie had ne- didn't know anything about NASCAR. They knew less than I did about it. We're gonna so if you keep listening, which you're going to, you're gonna hear that because we're ta- we're discussing Days of Thunder this week with me, Ed Daly, and of course our our dear special guest, not of course special guest, big fan of the show, big. Big supporter of the show and really guy that does a pretty good job. Dolomite D, a guy who who is high volume, but also and a guy, and a guy who pointed out that I used to not like him. And I don't re- I don't really remember that because I do like him. So I can't remember a time where I didn't like him. I think he's overstating that. But he, he did used to bug me about Guy Fieri and stuff when I used to be on the radio. But I like him now. Dolomite. He's he's co-hosting or he's guest hosting with us on the um, Days of Thunder pod, which is this one. Also, Dolomite's been co-hosting with me. Remember that spider bite I got? It's fucking still there. Like, it's better now. It's mostly healed. But I just, like, whacked it on the desk right now. And I'm like, I've had this thing for almost two weeks. Um, Speaking of Dolomite, he and I do a show, and we're occasionally joined by our dear friend Jeannie Bueller, Actually, pretty much every week she shows up. We had to kind of do it later this week because Jeannie has a child and she has to put him to bed. So we did it later this week, which is hard, I know, for the East Coast people because you're all fucking wasted already. We do it on the stereo app, which is janky. If there's a bet, I'm 
I like doing it on stereo because the listeners can leave messages. It's interactive, but people can't just like talk. It's, you know, it's still kind of like a radio show where we're having a conversation, even though the quality is pretty shitty, but then people can call in and leave messages and anybody can call in and leave a message and it's fun. So we've been, we've been doing that. And then if you don't, if you're not listening live on the stereo app, I mean, you could still go back and listen to it. If you have the stereo app, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, not tell the truth here, but if you're a red circle subscriber, which means you, you get all the bonus content we do. Well, that's included because what I do after we have the talk and it gets wild, it's late on a Friday night. Jeannie Bueller is a loose cannon. She's fucking hilarious. And you know, we will have, you know, we'll start talking about something, whatever. Then people start calling in and we, and we pivot, you know, the, the listeners kind of control the discussion in that way. And this, you, you, you guys that listen to this show, you know, LSU Lala, he calls in with that deep ass voice and he tries to Sancho my girlfriend. And you know what? It's kind of been effective. I got to admit, like I got nothing on him in the voice department. He's like, it's, you know, I got to rely on my own situation. And I look like fucking 1980s comedian, comedian Leo Gallagher right now. So, you know, I'm fighting an uphill battle with that voice. I've never seen LSU, but if he's half as handsome as that voice, the man is beautiful. So anyway, if you're, if you're a Red Circle subscriber, you're getting those shows in your feed every week because I, I repost them there. I kind of clean up the audio because as best I can, the, the audio that comes out of stereo is kind of shitty. So I try to make it sound as good as I can. And then I post it clean to the red circle and it just shows up in your feed. So if you're not up late on a Friday night, like, you know, this, this week we started at 8 PM Pacific specific. And look, I, that's 11 o'clock on the East coast Eastern time zone. So I get it. If you, you know, if you weren't up for that NBD, you can get it in your red circle. Click the, click the link in the show notes. It's five bucks a month or 50 bucks a year. That's two months free. I've realized that I kind of screwed myself there. I should have made it 55 bucks a year and you get one month free, but Hey, I don't know. I didn't think anybody would do it in the first place, but lots of people have. 50 bucks a year. A lot of people choose that option too. It's smart. It's, you know, everybody's trying to save a buck these days. So check out that. Cause you're getting the red circle there too. Also, uh, you know, a little housekeeping Ed, he's on his yearly summer sojourn to the, to the British Isles. So I think he's only, I didn't ask, but I think he's only in the UK this time. Sometimes, you know, in the past he's been in Spain, Holland. Remember he was in Holland when he, Saw that guy out. He was trying to smoke a dube, but every time he'd go out on his balcony, he'd look across to the other flat and some guy was just cranking it at his computer. And, and he was going like 20 minutes. I gotta be honest. Like when I, you know, when I go for it like that, I got, that's about how long I go. That's, you know, I like to savor it. I like to make it special. I like to treat myself good. So but anyway, he's been other places, so he's away. So, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. I was going to record an intro. There's a few things that we are going to talk about. I'm going to go through a few stories, but there's a whole bunch more shit that there's not going to be time to talk about. So what I'm going to do this week, I'll probably run 
the whole, you get the, all the, even the public listeners, the cheap bastards that don't pay me the five bucks for the extra stuff. You, you get, you guys can have the whole movie because I'm going to come back later this week. This, maybe this will drop Friday. It doesn't matter. We don't need to date things. It'll be there. It'll be there when you look for it. Because there's a whole bunch more stuff that I want to talk about. How about that fucking wild Will Smith apology video? We're discussing. I'm going to discuss that on the red circle. There's a couple more things. The fuck is going on with Ricky Martin? You hear about that? He's probably incesting his nephew. That's weird. We'll talk about that. There's a couple other things. Oh, yeah. Been wanting to talk about this for a while and I keep forgetting. I'll just read the headline. Alleged threesome led to 60 person brawl on Carnival Cruise, passenger says. What? And there's video. Not of the threesome, but of the brawl. And it's good. So I'm going to talk about that on the Red Circle. You're going to get this. You're going to get the bonus Brian show this week. Because Ed's gone and there's shit to talk about and we already have a movie in the can. And plenty of other stuff to talk about that I'm going to get to now. So, also, somebody hit me up this week. What's the email address? Are you kidding? Mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. Send me an email. We'll do, uh, you know. We'll do, oh, that's the other thing. Sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place. It's just me here. Um, so, we're, we're, what I was going to say is Ed's gone the next few weeks. We, do, we recorded this movie with my dear friend Dolomite. Then we're going to have guest hosts with me the next few weeks. I have some couple tentatively booked. And one of them, it's look, if it's on him, if he doesn't show, he's, he's agreed to it, but we haven't nailed down the exact, he actually told me to text him tonight. So I'll do that. Um, one of them is a, someone everybody loves when he comes in, Travis Rogers good friend of mine, mentor to me, really great friend and somebody that's easy to make fun of. He looks like Chaz Bono. So he's going to be on probably next week. We're aiming for him next week. So if you would like, if you have anything to ask him, because obviously there's a lot of crossover, right? Most people that listen to me know Travis and they, they've heard him here or they know me from being on his show. So if you if you got stuff to ask him that you can't really get you can, and you can't really get to him, you know, via social media, he's a fucking dinosaur. This guy he posted this week. I think they've been hit, I think they've been bugging him at the radio station. They're like, "Hey, do more do more social media." And uh because they had like they had some award show, which was great. It was really fun. Travis was bathing in the adulation. I met a few people, a few listeners out there, all great people. And Travis was getting a lot of love from the people. But what he didn't get at his radio station award show was a single award. He got zero awards. Which And also he destroyed, he did, he was on stage. I can't remember what he was doing on stage. I was wasted. But he did a mic drop and he actually dropped someone else's microphone on the stage, which was, look, that's what he does. Anyway, he didn't win any awards. And, and the, the shows that won awards were the shows that had big social media presences. And so I think they're like, hey, you got to do more social media. But this this guy's such a dinosaur that this week he tried to post a picture of some martini that he was drinking at his on Twitter at at his the restaurant he goes to every Friday night where the where the waiter hugs him. And he posted the same martini twice. Go to his Twitter right now at Travis Rogers. It's two pic you could you could he, there's still the possibility to delete one. 
Maybe somebody's coached him into that. Either way, he's going to be here. And if there's if there's anything you want to ask him or there's any topics you want to discover, don't like don't be like, what's what was it like to work for Jim? Like what? That was 15 years ago or whatever. It was a long time ago. 2009. Cause that's when I met Trav. So, you know, if you got, if you have something you'd like to hear us discuss, you can send us an email mailbag at the baller Additionally, you can leave us a voicemail. As I say, every week, nine, four, nine, four, six, four, TBLS eight, two, five, seven. Call us up. Let, you know, that'll probably be sometime next week, probably early next week. So if you're, if you're hashtag team current, which you should be like, don't even, you shouldn't even be allowed to call in. If you're calling in and you're talking about some shit from like three weeks ago, look, this is a topical show. It's evergreen also, right? You could listen. A lot of people listen to the old ones every month. Somebody downloads every single episode. We've done 400 and now 33 every month. Somebody downloads every single episode at least once. So people listen to the old ones and Hey, it's good, clean fun over here. That's all we're doing. So yeah, if you have anything for Travis, reach out mailbag at the baller lifestyle.com nine, four, nine, four, six, four TBLS. Okay. Let's talk some sports. Brian They call me the other guy I host a podcast show I'll give hetero life a try If you see something on my hand That makes you think I'm not a man It's just my crew rings you see They're as sparkly as can be I might own Troy on DVD. So, oh, wrong button here. Hold on. Oh my God. What am I doing? Here we go. So, only one sports story that I want to discuss. And it's about Jake Paul, the boxer. Now, as, as I'm, as I'm, talking about how how guys like myself and Travis Rogers we can't understand how to do social media this guy's this guy basically invented it him and his brother they're from Ohio his brother got famous for doing the splits and now like he's probably going to run for president when he's old enough that's the other thing is that these guys are fu- they 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 don't look that young but they're young as fuck well Jake Paul he's he's a boxer now and he's it's kind of hard to tell if he's good. He's definitely trains a lot and he's a big guy. He's not a heavyweight. He's what? Like a light heavyweight cruiserweight. I think he's like six foot or six, one a little under 200 pounds. And the thing is he's has these fights and everyone's taking dives against him. I think it's hard to know. Well, not definitely not. Definitely not. Who's that? Um, the guy that won the slam dunk, Nate Robinson. I mean, he just didn't know how to, he didn't know how to fight at all. And then he fought Ben Askren, who's a wrestler. Who's a, you know, champion MMA fighter, but he's a wrestler and he got knocked out. 
And then he fought Teron Woodley, again, MMA fighter. Also about, he outweighs him by at least 30 pounds. Knocked him out too. So he's supposed to fight Hasim Rahman Jr., who I guess is a, um, was a, was a training partner of his. What do you call that? A sparring partner. And is, you know, sort of a real boxer. Like, he's had professional fights. What's his record? Hasim Rahman Jr. What a, whatever happened to Hasim Rahman Sr.? He was the heavyweight champion of the world. Just, I think he got a little CTE, though. I could be wrong. I get him confused with uh, Riddick Bowe, who definitely had the CTE, or seemed like it. Uh, Hasim Rahman Jr., birth name, Hasim Sharif Rahman Jr. is, what's his record? He's 6'3", and this is kind of probably the problem. He's a, he's a training partner of, um, of, of Jake Paul. And this is, this is what's good. Well, this is what Jake Paul does is smart. He fights guys that are way smaller than him and then aren't boxers. Now he's fighting a real boxer, but a guy that's much bigger than him that's going to have to emaciate himself to try to make weight because this guy, Hasim Rahman Jr. Oh, he's 12 and one. I would look at who he's fought, but I wouldn't know who any of them are. He's 12 and one though. You know, that's something he's got 13 professional fights. I would, I would argue that Jake Paul has zero professional fights. He hasn't fought any boxers that I know of. So Hasim Rahman Jr., He's like, yeah, I'll fight you. And, you know, there's a relationship. Oh, because somebody else dropped out. Um, Tyson Fury's cousin, Tommy Fury. Is that a, that's a made-up last name, right? So Hasim Rahman's like, yeah, I'll fight you. And, he, you know, he steps in, but he's a sparring partner. But the problem is he's got to get down to under 200 pounds, which is tough because he's a heavyweight. He's 6'3". I think he's, I don't know what he's fought at before, but it's got to be like in the two. 20s to 30s so it's not and you know guys have done it but jake paul's not stupid he's like yeah let's get a guy that's gonna it's gonna have to struggle to make weight and then you know he won't be at his full strength although i imagine he'd still have some knockout power and take care of jake paul so then but now that's canceled because they're like oh he can't make weight and Hakim rockman's like yes i can I can definitely make weight, but it doesn't matter because Jake Paul's probably like, no, I'm not going to do it. So now, look, these are these these fights pay. Like all these MMA guys that have fought Jake Paul, they don't care if they lose. It's the, it's the biggest payday they've had as a professional. I I don't know. I don't know who's back in this. I think it's some dark Russian money. I don't care. I wa- I watch. I stream them. You know what I'm saying? I don't pay the seventy bucks. I I mean, I go to a drinking establishment where it's on. I don't know. What do you want me to say? So now Hasim Rahman's not, not going to fight. So, you know, people are lining up. They're like, oh, I'll take this fight. Anybody wants to fight him. And it's supposed to be like this weekend. So I don't think it's going to happen, but what, I'm not, I haven't paid that close of attention until today. Because a new challenger has emerged and this guy's begging to take the fight. And this is the kind of guy, this is the kind of guy I don't know that he's got the name star power to to draw in a in a Jake Paul fight, but maybe I'll just say his name. Bola Osendero. You guys familiar? 
he's one of he's one of Jesse Smollett's accomplices, and he's apparently a pro fighter. He's got a couple pro fights. He's ranked. He's got a ranking. Like he's a real fighter, and he's I guess he's smaller than Jake Paul, but not not here. There's a video. So I have thoughts on this. Like this, I I want this to happen. I'm I'm getting excited about this here. Let's hear from Bola Osendero. Fight Jake Paul. Fight me instead. I am ready to fight. This guy doesn't sound very Nigerian, by the way. I thought these guys were Nigerian. Remember, this is and how are they Jesse's accomplices? I didn't follow that too closely. I knew it was bullshit right away when he's like. Yeah, they're like, he was found with a noose around his neck. Who walks around with a noose? Nobody. Who even knows how to tie a noose? Less than nobody. Fewer people. And then the cops got to his house and he still had the noose around his neck? I mean, come on, buddy. Hold on. This Saturday. I've been training. I'm in Massachusetts training right now. And I can make the weight. Yep. Currently 188. I can come in at 190, 195. It does not matter. I think that's about what Jake Paul weighs. So we got, you know, guys of similar stature. This has, or uh, Bola Bola Osendairo. The dude is jacked. That's one thing we knew about him from the Jesse Smollett situation is so these two guys were fit. The do not rob the fans. That's right. Even the undercard of an opportunity. That's to right. Display their gifts. I'm ready to fight. Yep. And I'm better than Hasim Rahman Jr. or Tommy Fury. I'm actually ranked higher than Tommy Fury. And he has eight pro fights. I have two pro fights. He's ranked 340. I'm ranked 193, which is which is crazy. So now this is not, I would say, you got to downplay it a little bit, Bola Asandairo, because you don't want to talk about how good you are because he doesn't want to fight anybody that's good, which is why he didn't fight. I mean, I know Hasim Rahman's not, you know, he's not good, I guess, with real fighters. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. Yeah. So Jay- Oh, let's let's put on uh, you know a fight. Let's put on an explosion, fireworks. Let's do it for the fans. So now, wow. So you're Bola. So you are saying, and it's it's August first as we sit here and talk right now. That's so right. You can be ready uh, in in less than a week, August sixth. You can be at Madison Square Garden ready to fight in in, in just five six days. Look, I'm in Springfield, I mean, Massachusetts I, right I now. I think that's only I a few hours away. Ready today, if we yeah, he could be ready today. Once yeah, just day, look, it pays. It, it pays. It so I think they should do this. Now, I noticed that Bola was talking about fireworks, explosions. And this is, you know, this is a big... This is like a pro wrestling promotion, right? Like it's... I think it's, it's put on as... a you know, an exhibition, like you can't really bet on it. You know, like if somebody's taking a dive, it's not really illegal. I don't know. It's, it's exists in the outside of the normal. It's not a real sport. That's all I'm saying. And this Bola and his brother, I mean, didn't they meet, didn't they meet Jesse at the baths? Wasn't this a, um, you know, weren't they part of this, didn't they run around sort of in the gay circles in Chicago? Isn't that how they were acquainted? What I'm saying is, I think Bolsa Asandiro, Asandiro is a gay man. Oh, he just had a fight not that long ago. So maybe they up the Annie. And Jake Paul, look, if Bola wins, 
Jake's got to let him suck his dick. Like really, like really add some stakes here. And look, it doesn't have to be on TV. I'm not trying to be disgusting, but what they could do is they could put like, you know how like sometimes when guys weigh in, they got to be nude up there because the, because the two ounces of underwear could put them over the thing. So they, they put up a little partition. This goes the distance and Bola Austin Dyer. Well, that's not going to happen. Because, you know, the judges are in Jake Paul's pocket. They want to be judges at the next thing. So can't go the distance. If Bola Austin Dairo knocks out Jake Paul, Jake Paul's got to get in there, get it behind the partition, and let Bola Austin Dairo do his thing. That's that's part of the stakes. That's part of the contract. You get your you get your prize money and you gotta you gotta let him, you gotta let your opponent blow you. What do you guys think? Worth it? I'd tune in. You know, that's gives you a lot of gives you a lot of incentive to win the fight. I don't know. You guys gonna be watching? Let me know. I I'm I for one think it's worth it. Uh, okay, what else? Oh, let's do some let's do some quick voicemails. We'll catch up with the people. See what's going on in the world, um, you know, people that listen to the show. Let's let's play some voicemails. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. He seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. His voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. Plus so fucking boring. And worthless, but he's got nothing else to do. And he's even worse than ish, 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 ish. His thoughts are useless shit, 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 shit. He's fat and got big tit, 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 tit. He's Manuel Higardinia. Um, okay. Couple voicemails. Let's see who called in this week. Here's one. Brian. And oh, it's Guru Stu. What is going on? Hey, just a quick call because you know I like to keep it short. Not really, but I was going to call up and talk about movies. You know, yep. not that it matters, but I've seen Copland, so that's a Stallone movie. That he's not Rocky or Rambo. He's a big loser. And I've seen all the Coen Brothers movies except for that stupid one where the dude abides. And oh, that's the best. That's one of the best ones. The dude abides. Are you kidding? That's a great movie. Coen Brothers movies ranked. Number one, no country. For, this is off the top of my head, so if I forget one. Number one, no country for old men. So good. So good. Number two, it's hard. I mean, it's either Fargo or The Big Lebowski. Both great movies. Both funny. So well written. It's, Fantastic performances. Number three. Oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, wait. Raising Arizona. See, I'm already forgetting movies. 
Raising Arizona, that might be number two. It's hard. See, this is a hard, they're all great. We don't need to rank things. I'm not Bill Simmons. Give me your top 16. What, what are, what are the eight best? He always picks a weird number because he's, I don't know why. What are the top six Coen Brothers movies? They're all great. Um, You should watch them. Oh, I don't know about Hail Caesar. I had a hard time with that one. And you know what? Blood Simple, that's their first movie. I think it's their first movie. It's a little slow. It's a, it's a film noir. Noir. So I have a hard time with that. Film noir. Noir. Anyway, Stu. I've seen all Schwarzenegger movies, except for like the one with Danny DeVito, or he's a school teacher, or whatever. Those. No, you definitely have not seen all Schwarzenegger movies because then you would have had to seen that one. Remember, he was going to do like a um, he was going to do one where he fights terrorists, and then nine eleven happened, and they didn't they like have to change a terrorist to be like Colombian or something. You didn't see that Edge of Tomorrow. You definitely didn't see that one. No one's seen every Schwarzenegger movie. Dumb. But be that as it may. What I really wanted to talk about was, you know, John Hinckley Jr. has a presence. That guy shot Reagan in 81. He was incarcerated for 42 plus fucking years. He's dead to society. He's being incarcerated for 42 years. I don't even know what that'd be like. And he gets out in 2021. Think of how fucking different the world is. Incredibly yeah. different. It would be mind fucking blowing. And do you think when do you think when he got out though, like the rest of the the rest of the people in the institution were like, "Fuck, finally we don't have to listen to that guy fucking strum his acoustic guitar in the day room anymore. Every day with that acoustic guitar singing. Finally, he's gone." We can sit here and do our 87-piece puzzles in silence, smoke cigarettes, or watch Jenny Jones, Sally Jesse Raphael, in peace, without anybody strumming on a fucking Yamaha over there in the corner, telling us he's going to play shows when he gets out of here. The fuck out of here. He gets released into the pandemic? I mean, I'd just be like, you know what, you guys? I think I'm good. How about I just... I think he was technically out, not to... And I don't know. I'm not an expert. I think he's been out for a while. But he was, like, getting watched, you know? He was, like... He, um... You know, he has he was like a supervised release where he had to go check in every day or they came to his house. It's now that... Now he's fully out. I think he was out before the pandemic, but I know what you mean go back to what I fucking know because I'm completely institutionalized. I want, I want people cooking my food. I don't want to make my fucking do my laundry or make my fucking bed. Yeah. You know, I shot the president, all yep. right? I got cred. You, what you do? Oh, I shot some guys in a robbery. Yeah, well, I shot the fucking president, <laughs> so back up. So you know people don't fuck with the guy. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's as short as I can crazy. make it. And, uh, those two chicks last night went at it at the UFC. Oh, my now, God. Purses her lips and tries to be glamour shot girl. I'm glad her face got all fucking bloodied up. Jeez, Stu. Late. You talking about Juliana Pena? She's a bad motherfucker. Like, she lost. She got smoked. But I don't think anyone else has ever, other than the time Julia, Juliana Pena choked out Amanda Nunez. 
the last time they fought, like you want to talk shit on her. She was the fucking champion. And also she was a six to one underdog in that first fight with Amanda Nunez, the, the greatest women's martial artist of all time. And I was, and that fight was about to go down and my girlfriend, Shay, AKA Jeannie Bueller. She's, she's got this uncanny knack for uh, telling you who's going to win based on, you can't really bet it because she doesn't know till they get in the ring and they look at each other and she goes, Oh, I can see it on that guy's face. I can see it on that guy's face. And I go, I'm like, um, I can't remember exactly how this went down, but she's like, Oh, this girl's going to win. And I'm like, she's a six to one underdog. She's not going to win. This is, Amanda Nunes has never even been challenged. She's not going to, she's not going to lose to a six to one underdog. And then Juliana Pena came out and just fucking just worked her with the jab. She couldn't get close to her jab. Every, every time she'd come in jab right in the face, bam, 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 loosened her up, got her tired. Amanda Nunes was <gasps> huffing and puffing. And then Juliana Pena climbed up her back and put her to sleep. I think, look, I can't remember the details exactly. I'm pretty close. So then this week, this last week, UFC, whatever it is, 279. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend. Juliana Pena comes in as the champion. And I think they did a um, ultimate fighter, you know, where there were the coaches. And this was like the culmination of that as the champion. She's getting her payday. She's probably getting points on the pay-per-view. It's the main event of the night against still the greatest female martial artist of all time, Amanda Nunez. And Amanda Nunez pieced her up. Like she fucking, she, <laughs> but she didn't knock her out and she didn't choke her out. They went the distance. It went, oh wait, it, no, it went almost the distance. She, uh, she TKO'd her in the fifth round, but it was like pretty close to the end still. And she had, she landed so many elbows that Juliana Pena's forehead was bleeding everywhere. She had big gashes. She, she needed some stitches, but it would have been pretty easy to not hang in there for five rounds when you know you're already getting paid. And she, she hung in there till the fucking very end. And she got punched in the face a lot of times. She had a hard fought, a hard fight, and she, you know, I, I had her losing every round, but she didn't quit. She's a lot fucking tougher than I would be in that situation. And you know what she did with that performance? She guaranteed it's going to be a trilogy. Who else is Amanda Nunez going to fight? Right? She's beaten everybody else already. She's. Now she's one and one against Juliana Pena. And in the, in the fight, she won against Juliana Pena. Juliana Pena was a fucking stout opponent, not a pussy. So I think they're going to fight again and, you know, get their money. What did you guys think about the, um, Brandon Moreno, Kai Cara France fight? That was a real back and forth one until, Brandon Moreno landed, and this is always, I think Daniel Cormier was like, he got him with the toe. He got him with the toe. Because Brandon Moreno did that thing that you occasionally see in MMA 
where it was a back and forth fight. I think Moreno was winning it, but, but Kai Kara France, who is from New Zealand, he had some momentum there. I think they were in the third or fourth round. He had some momentum going into that and they were in a stand up position. They were kind of going back and forth and Brandon Miranda landed one of those kicks directly to the liver. He kicked him directly in the liver. And as Daniel Cormier said, said he got him with the toe and he did, he kicked him in the liver and there's something that happens. And I, I'm not an expert on this. Obviously I'm just a fat idiot that watches these things, but I've seen them. He kicked him in the liver and there's something that happens when you get trauma to your liver like that, where your liver like immediately secretes an enzyme or hormone or something and your entire body stops working. He kicked him in the liver and this poor kid just boom, he just fell over. And, but he wasn't unconscious because he didn't get kicked in the head. He got kicked in the side of his body, but his, you could see his body was no longer functioning. He, whatever happens when you land a direct shot to somebody's liver like that happened to him. And he was, there was just, it was over. Like he just couldn't, you know, they had to stop it anyway. Uh, yeah. Let's talk more UFC. I'm into them. I watch them all. I'm not like an expert, but I enjoy them. And you know, I have guys that I like I'm trying to think if there were any other big fights that night. Um, I mean, there was, it was a good night of fights, but th- those are the two. Oh, th- the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, got smoked. Now, what do we think about that? Because the Black Beast was get—he was getting pummeled pretty well by the Russian Pav, Pav Pavlovich, and it was right at the beginning of the fight. Like he just came out and just put pressure on him, and he was landing shots. And Derek Lewis was backpedaling, trying to get away, trying to trying, trying to regain his composure. And then he went to his knees and he dropped his head and he put his hands over his head and he was set up to, he wasn't really fighting back. And the Russian was about to drop some bombs on his head. And the, and, and Herb Dean is known for this referee, Herb Dean, great ref. He he'll off. He's been known to come in there and finish too early. He'll finish He'll finish it off too early. And people don't like that. And this, he wasn't the ref in this fight. I can't, I can't, I don't know the ref's name, but this Derek beast dropped to his knees, covers his head. He's about to get just pounded a few times. The ref steps in and then Derek Lewis stands right back up and he's like, what? No, I was fine. And I mean, he wasn't fine. He was getting beaten, but he, you know, he thought he could take a position on the ground, catch his breath and pop back up. And it was like, he just took too many shots in a row. I don't know. It was kind of an early stoppage, but when a guy's like unprotected like that, you, you know, you can't let him take too many shots. You know, you're supposed to protect yourself at all times. I don't know if you guys want to talk UFC. I love talking it, talking about it. Uh, okay. Oh, quick email. I see here. Ballers. Hashtag current episode. Hashtag every episode. Hashtag Friday facts. I was curious as I see on TV and the movies that people are wearing a lot of jackets in Southern California. I have worked in California a lot. And when I was in the, when I was in the Bay area, I may have thrown on a hoodie occasionally. Oh, it's freezing up there. That's not California. That's fucking Oregon. It's so cold up there, except 
the one time I was up there visiting some ex friends of mine and it was Memorial day and it was like 114 degrees and no one has air conditioning up there. But other than that, it's like you, like you watch a um, giants game in the middle of summer, you watch them get getting swept by the Dodgers every time they go up there and every, everyone's in full jackets in July and August. Cause it's freezing. It's a freezing climate up there and it's awful. So yeah, of course you would wear a hoodie up there. I may have thrown on a hoodie occasionally. I have worked from Bakersfield south to LA to San Diego to El Centro. Oof. Who's from El Centro? Do we know who's from El Centro? I do. Share. El Centro. California inland. California border town. Home to the iconic Chaz's mom. Share. To Victorville, and a jacket never hit my body. I'm sure Brian has jackets for the ski hill, but do you ever wear one normally? I hope I don't offend Ed, as I know he probably has many jackets. Doug, the Canadian living in Houston. Well, Doug, it's funny you should ask that, because this is an issue for me. And I will have to say... I do rarely wear a jacket, but there are, there is a time of the year where I got to think about it. And anybody that follows my Insta stories, I could have a shower right before bed, or maybe take an Uber and get some loaded on my Insta story. Don't be boring on my Instagram. People that follow my Insta stories. I got a lot of running themes on my Insta stories. Of course, I review meat sticks. Let me see if I find if I can find one of those. Here's a meat stick review. Gas station meat stick review. Slim Jim. Tabasco. You heard me. Now, look. I'm, I'm in my car. That's why it sounds like that. I'm bored with these reviews, so I always look for some shit that I haven't seen before. It's getting harder. Gotta, I'm not in Los Angeles as much where they often have the Lucy's. And that's usually at liquor stores, so technically not a gas station. Pandemic ruined the Lucy game. But Slim Jim, look, you're eating a Slim Jim, you're pretty fucking happy about it. No one's ever bitten into a Slim Jim and was like, oh, that's bullshit. Slim Jim's fantastic. Now this one, Tabasco. Never tried it. And a lot of people, although it's green, it just says seasoned. It doesn't say which type of Tabasco, as we know, there's flavors of Tabasco. Now, a lot of people are like, they kind of poo-poo Tabasco. They think it's bull. Okay. There's more to that. You get the point, though. I review meat sticks. People love my meat sticks review. Reviews. And that one was for these... Tabasco flavored Slim Jim, which spoiler alert, not that good. Just get a regular Slim Jim. You can't really improve upon the Slim Jim. Slim Jim flavor. And don't get the fat Slim Jim, just get two. Get two regular ass Slim Jims because they got that's the flavor you know. It's the consistency that you know. It's the texture you know. You start making things fatter, it it ruins the original consistency. You gotta get that you gotta get the casing to inner goo 
consistency, right? And of course, what do we talk about in the, in our meat stick reviews? The grease. You got to get a lot of grease in there. Some of these some of these healthy meat sticks have no grease and they taste like shit. So I do I do meat sticks reviews, but recently, and this was a few months ago, I reviewed the worst time of year, which happens to be the answer to Doug the Canadian living in Houston's question. So we're officially in the worst time of the year and really the worst time in human history, if you ask me. Of course, I'm talking about should I wear a jacket season? Look at me right now. Look, I got my arms tucked in because it's so fucking cold outside, but I couldn't decide if I needed to wear a jacket. And by the way, had I put a jacket on, I would be sweating. Look, now the sun's out. Cooking. It's, it's actually, now I'm hot. 10 seconds ago, I was freezing. Now I'm hot. You get the point. Yes, Doug. I rarely, I rarely almost never wear a jacket. And you know what? If I do wear a jacket, I end up taking it off and, or worse, I go, oh, I'm going to bring a sweatshirt. Remember when we used to always be like movie theaters are freezing? They're not. They figured out the movie theater temperature. You did not need a sweatshirt in a movie theater. You will be too hot. And you know what? You'll end up taking it off and you'll get a fucking bunch of popcorn grease on your sweatshirt. So no, there's, uh, there's almost never reason to wear a jacket in Southern California. That was recorded in the spring, obviously the worst time of year. No jackets, almost never, maybe in the winter, but not, you know, only in the, in the early morning or the late evening. That's look, there's a reason that hundreds of thousands of people move here every year when they watch the Rose bowl. Cause it's the ro- it's January 1st and it's 70 degrees. Like that's how we do it around here. We have the best climate. There's not even, there's no question about that. Okay. Let's do some non-sports. And then we're going to talk about days of thunder. Well, it's time, it's time for non-sports, non-sports segment, segment, on the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, non-sports, 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 I'm talking about the segment now, non-sports, non-sports, non-sports segments. Couple quick RIPs here. Rest in peace, rest in peace. The ballers hope you rest in peace. You won't laugh no more. You won't smile no more. You won't laugh no more. And you won't fuck no more. So dearly departed. We hope you rest in peace. Um, R.I.P. Nichelle Nichols, who played Lieutenant Uhura, Uhura on Star Trek. She was 89. And it's a pretty big deal because there weren't a lot of um, black ladies on in starring roles on network TV shows. I think there weren't any. Like, um, what's her name? Played Catwoman, Eartha Kitt. She also played the bad guy in that um, Lawrence... No, Lawrence. <laughs> um, in that Halloween movie, who was that guy? Jim Varney. What was his character? The Hayvern guy. 
We reviewed that movie here and Eartha Kitt was the bad guy in it. I think I have CTE. Um, L- Lieutenant Uhura. And I was, I Googled Uhuru and that's like a country somewhere. It's also a great band, Black Uhuru. Fronted by the great Don Carlos for a while. If you're into that. Um, so I was, I had to like, I just typed in Star Trek and then went to news because I knew she died, but I couldn't remember her name. It's shocking. And I couldn't remember her character's name, but that's a pretty big deal. You know, they, and Star Trek, look, they had a little bit of everybody. They had Spock, who was weird. They had that Scotsman. They had the guy, one guy that was the doctor, Dr. What's his name? And, and Kirk. And so that was a pretty big deal. You know, that she, she was iconic. Michelle Nichols, RIP. I will say this, um, Star Trek sucks. Like, sorry. And any incarnation of it, I, you could come, you're like, oh, you haven't seen Next Generation? Sucks. Oh, you haven't seen Deep Planet 7? Sucks. You haven't seen the one with Scott Bakula? Fucking great looking guy. Fantastic on Quantum Leap. Also great in when he was the old quarterback in... The longest year? No, what was the name of that movie? <laughs> the last ten yards? I don't know. Whatever. It was great. Uh, Kathy Ireland was the kicker. He's great in that. But you know what? He sucks in Star Trek because Star Trek sucks. Next generation sucks. First generation sucks. All of it sucks. It's the worst. It's uh, actually it actually like bums me out. It's like Mama's Family level of I hate this. If I have to sit through even 20 seconds of any Star Trek, it's awful. I don't care about the Klingons. I don't care about the cyborgs, Starbuck, any of those guys. They can all fuck off. It's stupid. Also, remember when Captain Kirk murdered his wife? He staircased her, right? I mean, maybe he didn't, but he, what's his name? Shatner. William Shatner. Let's Google it. Because I could be wrong. Look, I don't know. I'm, I'm just making jokes here. William Shatner. Wife. Pool. Yeah, because that's where they found her at the bottom of. And you know who was dry when they found her? William Shatner. This happened in 1999. Ne- Noreen Shatner. Hold on. It's the LA Times. They might. They might. Uh, uh, paywall me. Fuck. Oh, no. I just got to disable the ad blocker. Sorry, guys. I didn't expect to talk about this refresh let's read the story and we'll pass our own judgment the wife of actor william shatner was discovered dead on the bottom of the couple's swimming pool after an apparent apparent drowning police said tuesday noreen shatner a model by trade an actress by aspiration who wrote this accidentally drowned while swimming alone monday evening police said swimming alone isn't this how rodney king bought it too we need to look into these deaths. Noreen Shatner. Oh, the Shatners had been married nearly two years. Although William Shatner had filed for divorce last fall, according to records a visibly distressed Shatner. Now, hold on. He's an actor, but a bad one. So how do we, how do we take that? I need more. Was he really visibly distressed? Because he wouldn't be good at acting that way. Shatner told a crowd of reporters gathered in front of his Studio City mansion Tuesday. I mean, Studio City is pretty nice area. Are there mansions? Maybe. 
Tuesday morning that his 40-year-old wife, quote, meant everything to me. Why'd you file for divorce? My beautiful wife died last night, said Shatner, best known for playing Captain Kirk on the Star Trek TV series, which sucked. Her laughter, her tears, and her joy. Her tears and her joy? Wait, her tears will be with me for the rest of my life? Why do you want to think about her tears so much, weirdo? I get the laughter and joy part. According to Los Angeles police, Shatner, 68, returned, I mean, he's fucking like 100 now, returned home from a trip to Orange County, huh? That's where I live. At 10.15 p.m. Monday, well, the traffic is a motherfucker, to find his wife motionless at the bottom of the deep end of their outdoor pool. He dived in the water, not dove, pulled her out and tried to revive her authority, said, okay, okay, I, I had him being dry. Paramedics arrived shortly afterward at the gated White House in the 3600 block of Berry Drive. Well, we're definitely Googling that neighborhood. But we're unable to revive Noreen Shatner. There were no signs of foul play or suicide, police said. Subsequent investigation revealed Mrs. Shatner was home alone for a short period of time accidentally drowned while swimming in the family pool. Mm, I mean, this sounds like pills were involved. We could, we could discuss this more. Maybe I'll, this is, this will be like Boris Becker. Well, I'll, I'll do a little more research. Cause I wasn't planning on talking about this. 3,600 Barry drive. Oh yeah. There's the boulevard. Uh huh. That's yeah, a nice neighborhood. Uh, yay. Hey, look, I don't, I don't know if William Shatner killed whatever number wife that was of his. Probably not. I'm just, I'm just being, trying to be funny. I'm trying to be outrageous. But I do know from personal experience that Star Trek fucking sucks. And if you like it, hey, you like something that sucks. That's all there is to it. Uh, oh, also, R.I.P. Rest in peace. DJ Tanner, Candace Cameron. Now, I don't want to get sued. She's not actually dead, but she did post this TikTok. I guess this was on 4th of July. And, right, it's a while ago, but I just heard about it today. She posted this stupid TikTok where she's like, oh, I love America. Look. I mean, come on. Yeah, look at her. Do you expect anything less from me? Yeah. She's like real Happy fake. Fourth of July. Yeah, she's real fake. And she's like all she's all she's got some stupid, you know, God bless America shirt on. And she's playing, she's playing um Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. This is a classic mistake that people make. They play because they they're like, oh, born in the USA, yippee, yeehaw, America. And look, she's not the first person. And she's not going to be the last, but it's still kind of funny when it happens. Um, she, I'm, I put her in the RIP because she got bodied by a bunch of people, including whoever this guy is. He's apparently married to Hillary Duff. And he wanted to point out to her that, hey, you're a real dummy for um, for including that song in your uh, in your Fourth of July celebration. Because, oh, see, this came out July 31st. So this is just the last couple, this is yesterday, day before yesterday. Um, Yeah, his, well, I guess she's been in the news because like 
a lot of people think she's a bitch. So I don't know. I don't know anything about her. She was on another show that sucked though, right? Three's a crowd or whatever it was called. Two, two sisters. And she played DJ on that. And look, somebody, somebody murdered Bob Saget and I'll go to my grave with that because that was weird. But um, this guy, this guy had to let her know. And he's married to Hillary Duff, which is, he's already got a huge win in my book, but he's gone for a second big win by bodying Cameron Cameron, C- Candace Cameron in the, in his own TikTok. Yeah, that this, the song you're playing, yeah, it's it's about veterans coming home from Vietnam and being treated like shit. Yeah, it's not about, it's not the 4th of July. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was funny. There was a bunch of those. Hillary Duff's husband, Matthew Coma. Nice work. By the way, Matt. Well played. Hey, look, you got a scruff and a backwards hat on and a jacket inside. And I can't hold any of that against you because you've done work. Roasted the full house star via TikTok over the weekend, calling her out for a selfie style video she posted of her decked out in Fourth of July. Oh, she's doing she's doing Fourth of July like recently. Yeah, that song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Would you expect anything less from me, the actress? Yeah, whatever. It was funny. I enjoyed it. I would I would encourage you to watch it too. Oh, this is the one thing I wanted to talk about. Sorry, guys. I've talked a long time, but it's great. It's fun. So remember we, we RIP'd Naomi Judd a while back. And look, she was, she suffered from depression, which was awful. She was about to get inducted to the country music hall of fame. And she apparently took her own life. Terrible news. That's just awful. Very sad, but it came out this week. So Nate, Naomi Judd, I would argue, is the least fa- least famous Judd, right? She's got two. She's got her daughter that she performs with, Winona, and she's got the other one that used to be married to Dario Franchitti and used to be in movies, but now her face is kind of fucked up from plastic surgery. Ashley. So it's, it's a big. It's a. There's they, these two could not be more different. By the way, they got different dads. Winona. One's called Winona, and the other one's called Ashley. Like first of all. That's a, that's a big, and then, you know, physically they're very different. But anyway, this Naomi Judd, who I imagine had a few nickels to rub together based on all her hit songs and touring. Didn't, didn't will her children anything. Naomi Judd left her only two daughters, Winona Judd and Ashley Judd out of her last will and testament. The late country singer who died by suicide on April 30th instead appointed her husband of 33 years, Larry Strickland, as the executor of her estate. Not the father of those two girls, by the way. Naomi requested in the will that the musician, 76, have full authority and discretion over any property that is an asset to her estate without the approval of any court or permission from any beneficiary of the state. She also said that if he dies, somebody else should be in charge of the state, not her two daughters. Oh, Ashley's a mess. Seriously. She's not even that old. She's only like 53. She's got all the fillers, uh, the cheeks. She was so cute before. Um, That's pretty fucked up because, you know, look, you think you're going to die and you're like, oh, Larry will take care of the girls. No, he won't. He's look, he's 76. He's got a, he's got a ways to go. He's, 
you know, his dong probably still works. He's probably, he's probably very distraught, but he's going to move on with his life, you know, and he's probably going to wife up some other lady at some point, And she's going to get all your money because you didn't leave it to the girls. I got, I got a theory on this. Maybe she didn't leave any to Ashley. Well, I got two theories. Maybe she didn't leave any to Ashley because she thought, hey, she's got, you know, she's got the kiss the girls money from Nor when she was doing movies with Morgan Freeman. Also, she used to be married to a Scottish guy called Dario Franchitti. Like, like all good Scotman, Scotsmen are called Dario Franchitti. So maybe she's got some of that Indy 500 money. Assuming that there is any of that. And look, she performed with um, Winona, Winona. I think Winona is the primary songwriter, but they, they had a group together. So maybe she's thinking, well, you know, she already got half of that, but I got a different theory. I think Naomi's punishing Winona for being fat. Straight up. That's what's going on here. She, she's body shaming her from the grave. I bet they had a they had an abusive mother and daughter thing because Naomi, you know, she was always real put together for an older lady, right? She didn't she didn't go too hard on the pastas or desserts, and then she's probably looking over there at Winona and be like, "Hey, you're a little heavy, you know. We're supposed to go on tour. Let's get in shape." Oh, oh, oh! I see your um. Saw you at the Continental Breakfast. Did you, did you need that extra cheese Danish? I don't think so. Oh, another croissant? Oh, you're getting fries, huh? How about a salad? Look, I, this is how I picture their life going. I don't know. I could be wrong. And now she's punishing her from beyond the grave. She's like, hey, you got heavy. I can't, you know, that's why I killed myself. If I'm being honest. And now that's on you. Something to think about. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to me. For listening to me ramble. Red Circle subscribers. I got a whole bunch more coming for you guys later this week. Until then, please listen to the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. Comprehensive review of the fantastic 1990? 89? It's either 90 or 91. NASCAR movie starring Tom Cruise and others. Days of Thunder. Bye. I am joined, as always, my co-host of the show, my dear, 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 dear friend, Mr. Ed Daly. Ed, how are you, buddy? Doing well. Doing well. How about you? I'm great. Thank you. Uh, We are also joined by first, well, not a first timer. You've heard him on the show quite a bit. He calls in. He emails. He was our first ever Patreon patron. He was our first ever Red Circle subscriber. And now he is a guest of the show. Very happy to have our high volume listener, Dolomite D, here today. Dola, how are you, buddy? Hey, Dola. Uh- I appreciate being here. It only took 450 somewhat episodes to crack the lineup. So uh, it's an honor to be here. Yes. Did you do a movie with us before? No, no. This is my first time. He never has. His his arch enemy, Telly, 
actually did a movie with us before. And that, that is, that is a big failure on the part of the host and producer, me allowing telly that cuck to come in here and record the movie rad with us before ever having our, our number one fan Dola as a guest. And my apologies to you, Dolomite. Well, that's okay. I am an acquired taste and I understand that. And it has just taken a long time to acquire a taste for me. And that is fine. <laughs> the fans have over time acquired a taste for me and that is fine. You're high, you're high volume and all, and suddenly, and you made me laugh right there. And suddenly my COVID cough has returned. I think I have rebound symptoms. I haven't coughed in, in two weeks. And all of a sudden I started laughing. I started coughing right there. Uh, okay. So today we're talking about the Tom Cruise vehicle. Tom Cruise was doing a thing where he was, he was, now he just does, he just does Mission Impossible movies. Mission Impossible. Where, where he's this, this had to be pretty soon after Top Gun, right? Yeah. This is 1990. 1990. So yeah, just a few years later. And he was, he was doing a thing where he's like, I'm going to do like every genre. Like I'm surprised he didn't, I mean, maybe because it was too unbelievable. I'm surprised he didn't do a movie where he was like a quarterback or something, probably because he can't throw. And we, yeah. and we saw him as a lawyer, as a naval lawyer, try to try to hit infield to the guys in softball, and and held a bat too many times in his life. You could just, you could just well, uh, didn't have the muscle memory. Well, I'm sure he's held a bat, but not a baseball. Bat. <laughs> oh, wow! Yes, that's a good point. <laughs> and what we see later in the movie that he's definitely not experienced with a baseball bat. The way he hits the pool that, table—that's true. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, he he did a pool movie, Color of Money, Color of Money, All where right. he had to learn to shoot pool, and that's a hard one. Like, even if you're a decent pool player, it would be hard to look like a professional pool player. Um, but he did that. He's—that's the one thing—is. He'll learn. Like he learns how to fly F-18s. Oh, he'll commit. Yeah. He'll commit. He commits. He does commit. He commits. And he's – how many movies have there been since Top Gun where, where – how many movies has he been in where he does not ride a motorcycle? Maybe – Well, every single one, right? Or run. Or run. Yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. born on the 4th of July because he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> the only time he doesn't ride a motorcycle. I mean, this guy fucking finds a way to ride a motorcycle in every movie. Okay, we're talking about. So wait, yeah. one thing. Yeah. I'm just thinking of Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah. I I read somebody pulled like maybe it was a Playboy interview with yeah. him or something yeah. something promoting Born on the Fourth of July, and he said Top Gun was the overglorification of the military. Yeah. And um, this is the the truer take. And he goes, "You'll never see me do a." Top Gun 2 because I don't want it to be a recruiting vehicle. Right. And now we're wow. we are assured that there's going to be a Top Gun 3. Oh, for sure. Look, right. look. And it was good. I, it was yeah, good. So I mean, good. Top Gun 2 is pretty fucking good. Really it's good. good. But it's just funny that yes. like, yeah, when he, in his zeal to promote yeah. those movies, he was saying a lot of shit about Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a good point. Um, so we're talking about Days of Thunder. This is, he was, um, in, in celebration of Top Gun Maverick, we're we're discussing Tom Cruise's true triumph as a NASCAR driver. In World's days littlest of, driver. He's well. I mean, he's, that's the one thing. He's the right size. This is the yeah. one. He's he the should right, be a jockey in a movie, right? He's the right size to be a fighter pilot. He's the right size to be a uh, to be a NASCAR driver. So it's right. it's like the one thing that he actually does right. I'm looking for the trailer, which I'm sure is all um, 
car sounds, but still we gotta, we gotta warm it up. Cause people might not know this movie. And I don't, I don't recall. I know I've, I saw this, right? I saw this movie one time. Oh, here's the trailer. So th- this is the first time I ever saw it. Really? Oh, you'd never seen it before. Never. Wow. Because I, I, saw this I, I never cared about car racing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I definitely had never, I didn't know about NASCAR. I mean, I knew it existed when this movie came out. So probably when I saw it, I thought this was like an accurate portrayal of NASCAR. And now that I know a little bit about car racing, this thing could not be, they get, they get the everything about car racing wrong. They had like, like, could they not have hired Dick Trickle or, um, Rusty Wall? They couldn't have Dale hired, Earnhardt. They couldn't. Yeah, they, could, they couldn't get. They couldn't get Earnhardt for this movie. No, he, he declined. No, no. He, this is before. Um, they, uh, but they, they definitely allude to him. I think. I think this might be the Illuminati um, signal of Dale Earnhardt Junior. Dale, Dale Earnhardt. The what was his nickname? Dola the, the, the Eliminator. Intimidator. The Intimidator. The Intimidator. No, he, Rowdy Burns is clearly Dale Earnhardt. Right. He, or, or Rowdy no, Burns is clearly Dale No, the Earnhardt. guy, John C. Riley's dad that died, Buddy Lembeck. Oh, oh, it's foreshadowing. Yeah, they're foreshadowing the death. You know, you know, no one has died on an NASCAR track since Dale Earnhardt. Well, that's not really? true. Oh, no, that is true. It's true. But what about yeah. when uh, Tony Stewart murdered the guy? That was, yeah, that was, that was oh, in so, sprint cars. Yeah, that's different. What he murdered that car. That was a dirt car track. Yeah, it was a dirt track. Midget. They were running like midget. They're kind of like um. They kind of look like dune buggies, Ed. They're kind of like a cross between oh. a go kart and a dune buggy with like open. Yeah, in wheels. those cars, in those cars, you have to accelerate in the turns to make them stick. Right. So he said, "I had to accelerate into the guy I mean, to try I had to turn kill him. I mean, I had, I had no choice. I mean, I, there's video of it. He he oops. slides the ass out. He sees a guy walking on the track. And he fucking slides the ass of the car directly into him and murders him. Right, that yeah, kid was murdered. definitely a murder. No, look, no, look. He was pretty Smoke. stupid for getting out of the car and walking right. on the track. Like that was real dumb. You don't, you don't fucking right. walk across the freeway. You have your fight with Tony Smoke Stewart, who's a fat piece of shit. Like he's probably pretty easy to beat up. You, you have your fight with him after the the race. You don't go up to him while he's in his car. That's right. Dead. You don't. Take, you don't take on the car. Right. It's like when guys throw throw punches against a guy's in a helmet. helmet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Which happens often in in uh, NASCAR. Uh, but yeah, he definitely did murder. That said, and I, I was going to get to this later, but I'm I might not. I may as well just get to it right now. Why was Sterling Marlin never charged with the obvious murder of Dale Earnhardt? Because Dale Earnhardt, he's he's running into the corner and Sterling Marlin comes up behind turned him. him. Turn him. Yeah. Yeah. And just pushes him right into the wall. And I, I think no one, no one cared to blame Sterling Marlin for that because everybody hated Dale Earnhardt's guts. They were happy to see him dead. People were celebrating. <laughs> was, but wait, I remember so much discussion about the, the, I forget the harness, the Hans device. Some, the Hans, Hans device. device. Yeah. They kept talking about that in the weeks after. And also, yeah, everybody had to start wearing one. They hated it. And now it's standard and everybody lives. It's oh, weird. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, he didn't wear one. He also didn't. He also was the last guy, much like Craig McTavish. He didn't like wearing seatbelts. Yeah, he didn't like wearing seatbelts. Oh, and there was like a McTavish on the uh, 94 Rangers yes. not wearing a helmet. Yeah, he was the last guy. I mean, look, if you got a stash like that, if you got a stash like Craig McTavish, yeah. Are you no, you don't want to cover Are you going to do anything to distract from that stash? 
But it was so weird because everyone was wearing helmets for years. And he's just a holdout. He was he was grandfathered in. It, there was a time, and Dola, you're a hockey referee, allegedly. There was a time where you were considered a huge fucking pussy if you had a helmet. visor on your helmet. Oh my God. Just something to protect they made your me eyes. Put one on eventually, yeah. they made me put yes. one on. I hate it. Yes. Um, but much like much like Craig McTavish, Dale Earnhardt, he didn't even wear a full face helmet. No, he had the th- same thing Cole Trickle had yeah, just on. Like, just like the guys, but this movie's made in 1990. Um, uh, yeah. Dale Earnhardt died in 2001. Yep. And, it, and he was wearing the same shit. Same. He still had the fucking 80s style, oh, hey, what if my face gets ripped off? Who cares? Helmet on when everyone else knew to ha- that they needed something to cover their entire face. It's crazy. There were still people smoking cigarettes in cars That's in true. 2001. That's true. Uh, okay, let's let's play the trailer. Days of Thunder. Or not. I'll just click it and then nothing will happen. Oh, here we go. Hold on a minute. Don't you think we ought to talk? We should really do a, a deep dive into Don Simpson because he was he he shortly after this movie but he dove deep into cocaine. Yeah, he yayoed oh, yeah. himself to death. But he and heroin, yeah, I think. Yeah, he and Jerry Bruckheimer. Bruckheimer. They, I mean, they made all the movies. Like everything, oh, everything they did was just a fucking huge hit, including this. What about how I'm gonna run? Sure. About how you've managed to live as long as you have. Think you can drive? Oh, he can drive. He can drive beyond the limit. It's crazy, and we'll talk about it. Everybody that was in this movie, I mean, it was a real great cast. Yeah, it was a real, real fucking murderer's row of 1990 heavy hitter actors. So the tires, the engine, the car, anything else. There's nothing I can't do with a race car. <laughs> well, that's the difference between you and me. There's only so much I can do. You want me to work the pit? You I will say, and we should discuss this too. Robert Duvall, one of my all-time favorite actors, Tom Hagen in The Godfather. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just fucking – He's just great. He's just so good. He's just mesmerizing. In everything. He's so good. It's It stuns me. This movie was made in 1990. Robert Duvall is alive today. He's alive today, yet – He's 89 years old in this movie. His wife is in his 50s. Yeah. Or yeah. Her 50s. No, he married a um he married a um, like a salsa yeah, dancer. Tango. Tango and tango, yeah. An Argentinian champion tango dancer. With a fastball. Yeah. I mean oh of my course. Goodness. Of course. Like she's the rock and velocity no, at 50. Yeah, he's no dummy. He's like, I you know what? Boxman. I'm Bobby D. I'm gonna I'm going to marry a dancer. Let's let's go down to South America and find me a dancer to take care of me in my old age. He's got to be packing, right? Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's dicked up. Yes. You running good? Thank you. We'll see how you do in the crowd. Also, wasn't ra- afraid to rock that bald head. He was. No. You never saw him in a nope. piece. He, he was so bald it was coming out the back of the hat. That's right. He, he was bald <laughs> as fuck and he loved it. He's desperate to get your attention. Oh, well, you got it. You see Cole Stalker tendencies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really, I can't. I do like that. At some point, at one point, he asked Nicole Kidman how tall she is, and she doesn't answer. Yeah, she just laughs. Yeah, because she's. Yeah, we need we need people to ask him that in movies. Yeah, exactly. Because he's like five, or she's like five eleven. Like she's. You know what he'd say? I'm five nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anybody that tells you they're five nine is really five six. Let's be honest. 
One to the right. Yeah, exactly. You drive and can't improve. I'll take your word for what a car can do, but I'm not taking anybody's word for what I can do. I don't want you. Oh, he gets airlifted. I forgot about that. Oh yeah. I believe it scares him. He needs reassurance from you that he's okay. After all, uh, how could you ignore me like that? I wasn't ignoring you. You're his doctor. Unprofessional. I like that they um I like that they that Nicole Kidman keeps the accent throughout the movie, but are Aussies qualified to be an American doctor? You know, it's like she must have gone to American medical school because it's like, you know, so your cab driver, your Romanian cab driver's talking to you mm-hmm. and he's like, In my country, I am electrical engineer. <laughs> four yeah, PhDs. In my country, I'm surgeon. Yeah, yeah, four PhDs. Oh, what do you do here? I drive cab. Like it's not it's, it's the same as Australia. You can't come from a, an Australian medical school. Now everybody knows the Australians are not nearly as qualified as Americans at any no. time. And they well, come here and no. they have to take a lower level job. No, they're good at like rue hunting their way up. and stuff like that. They, you know, they have skills, but it's it's down there at the bottom of the world. Like everything's different down there. Right. The, the toilets the toilets flush the wrong directions and and the and the horses run clockwise instead of counterclockwise. Convicts. A lights flicker. And loses what he needs more than his eyesight, more than his reflexes, more than anything in the world. I've raced with my legs broke, heart bruised, eyes popping out of my head like they're on spring. Oh, fucking Rowdy Burns. Michael Rooker, the great Michael Rooker. What happened to him? He's a oh he's a he was, he was he was on the Walking Dead. He was on the Walking Dead. Oh, Walking Dead! I didn't watch that. He, okay. He's one of those guys that stacked probably forty million dollars being on the Walking Dead. I think, and he's he's still Good in stuff. Him. Great actor. Okay, for him, Walking yeah. Dead was a big deal. I just didn't see. It. Yeah. If you're really good, you just want to race again. Are oh, you really lucky? Michael Rooker is also one of those guys. That's been 59 years old since mm-hmm. 1987. Oh, yeah. Yep. He's got the makings of a perm in this film. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. He perms it out. Okay. Days of Thunder. This came out in 1990. So I, this is, this is my interpretation of the movie oh, as a whole. Okay. And what was going on? Yeah. I think maybe I'm wrong. I knew Indy, like the Indy 500 and stuff like that, but NASCAR was not so mainstream at this point. That's true. It definitely was and not. I feel no, like this was a big part of this movie. I felt like it was like, look at this thriving community in the the mostly southeastern United States. Yeah, it is. It was kind of weird to me because I'm like, he's like, uh, they're like driving to the next race in the back of the truck. And I'm like, no, these guys take private jets. No, you know, not and that. he's like, I got to catch a flight to Charlotte. And I'm like, no, these he, this guy would have his own plane. But then I realized this is this is before the um, the TV money and the sponsorship. It was money. like a regional, yes, uh, yeah. event, yeah. type thing. Absolutely, this is not long after the the moonshining days that that gave birth to this sport. Dukes of Hazzard. Air quotes. Yeah, exactly. And and there is when they get pulled over, they get pulled over, and you know, it's it it turns out to be like a fake cop situation because she's oh yeah. She like she wants to see what Tom Cruise is packing. Right. So she reaches down there and gives a nice squeeze. We're jumping away to little Tommy. 
And, oh, yeah. but, but what do they get pulled over for? For run and shine. Yep. You know, that's <laughs> what they did. That's what they did. So this movie came out in 1990. This is, this is Tom Cruise had a lot of juice because he made he, after, after top gun, this guy could make whatever he wants to this day. He just right. like, yeah. he keeps making people lots of money. Yeah, he's he makes people a lot of money. Anything he wants to do, he can do. So he decided he wanted to do this this uh, NASCAR movie. He's it's uh, Paramount Pictures, which is his eventually a, a studio that he owns. Um, he makes it with the same guys, Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer, that have that made every single fucking action movie at the time, and. He picks the cast, so he gets he sees and director. Yes, he's mm-hmm. oh yeah, we can talk about Tony that. Scott. Tony Scott. He he picks fresh off of her role as the very naked wife of Sam Neill in the um in the open ocean thriller Dead Calm. That was before this. That was before this. Where she get, okay? Where she gets? Where she gets? Yeah. She gets raped by Billy Zane, and I don't think she minds too much. I don't think I don't. This, I'm just. I'm not. I'm not trying to get in the character's head there, but oh, it's Billy. I don't know if it was mentioned. This is on HBO Max. If you if you want to watch, if you this. don't, by the way, you don't. You don't. Yeah, no, you, you don't. don't watch and this. I put it on while we're discussing it. And as her name, like in the beginning, they're kind of showing the scene of a racetrack. The name Nicole Kidman appears on screen as a giant waving Confederate flag. Is so there is a lot in the first of many in the opening. You know, they show the infield. And again, you can tell the sport is in his infant. It's infancy because another the infield is like it's like a bunch of fucking shit kickers. Like, yeah, yeah, they're cooking scrambled eggs and shit waiting for the race to start. And there are quite a few stars and bars. Everybody knows the South is going to rise again. (laughs) Well, when are they going to do that? By the way, well, it's eventually. They're they're, they're working on it. We're just playing the long game. We're we're just currently in a ceasefire of the war of northern aggression, right? Like this is they're going to get it going again here pretty soon. It's coming. Yeah, they'll rise again. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. So she's he he picks her fresh off of her her very nude role in Dead Calm, and then he picks her to be in this movie. He gives New that's her star turn. And then allegedly they signed a 10 year contract to be married. I don't know if that's true. You can look it up. I don't, I don't know if that actually is what happened, but that's, that's what the rumor is. Um, also in this movie, we discussed Robert Duvall, who's fucking amazing. He's amazing in everything. The guy's just one of the greatest of all time. Old Randy Quaid. Randy yeah. Quaid was a great actor. Great actor. He really was. He was a great yeah. actor. He was, and he's, and he's great in this movie. Although for some reason he doesn't mind getting his eardrums blown out in the infield because every, everybody in the pits has headphones on or, you know, nah. to protect yeah, their ears. tough it out. He's just, he's just going to, Hey, look, I'm just going to have my ears. And also he, he doesn't have enough money to have one car, but then suddenly he's got two cars and, and, for some reason, he decides just to fuck over the driver that that got him, put him on the map, which is kind of a, a weird turn. Um, also, in the oh, story by credit was given to Tom Cruise. Oh, that's, another, that's another thing. This movie. So, so I'm a race car driver. Yes. Yeah. I got an idea. He, the, the, I saw he's so he's the co-writer of this movie along with who? Robert Town. Robert Town. Who fucking wrote Chinatown? 
Right. Like, like one of the legendary guys. So you, that's how that's how much clout Tom yeah, Cruise had. Yes. He had an idea yes. where he's like, I want to be a race car driver. Let Talent. me get one of yes. the elite writers <laughs> and you write this for me. And you know, and you know Robert Town's like, uh, did the check clear? Because uh, yeah, I'll just, you know I'm at the end of, I'm at the end of the line anyway. Like I'll put my name on some bullshit to to get a paycheck. <laughs> Cruz essentially says to town, "Here, write this up, and then I'm going to edit it out, yes. and then we're going to take credit for it." Yes, here's ex- your check. Exactly. Um, so then he did he did a um, still not the worst movie he did with Nicole Kidman because just after this he did Far and away. he did Far and yeah, away. he not did the worst a, movie an did. Irish an Irish coming of age movie Oof. where he did, he did the accent. She, he, that's that one. He got a little too me. far over his skis yeah, with that one. I mean, because the crowds didn't follow for that one either. No, that, yeah, that's yeah. one of the rare money. Right. Disappointment. Well, I mean, it's, bo- it's this a boring is movie. Mine. Yeah. Okay. Tommy. Yeah. Um, and then of course they did eyes wide shut where they killed Stanley Kubrick and they did, <laughs> There were swingers and uh, yeah, yeah, lots of orgies. Yeah, there was and Nicole maintained her fastball for that ten years though. Like she yeah. really had it going. Yeah, yes. you know she's she's ruined her appearance. I'll, I'll just no, say she's had so much work. Yeah. When you go to a movie at an AMC theater, you yeah. have to see her introduce you to the theater. Yeah, and, you're like, and uh, she's had a ton of. Work. She got like some kind of, and again, this is no no shame to her because she's you know there's there's a lot of pressure to look young in this business. She's done something where she like got a chin implant or something where her yeah. she, she kind of looks like Rocky kind of looks Rocky like Dennis. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. She she does look much like her wife, that old lesbian, um, uh, Keith Urban. Yeah, yes. maybe there's a Liberace uh, Scott right. Thorson uh, Scott Thorson situation. Yes, we should really do that movie. It's good. The oh, candelabra. Oh, behind the candelabra. What a fucking movie that is. It's fantastic. Um, so it's like all the big hitters, Hans Zimmer's there. I mean, they really brought everybody in. Now I was interested. Carrie Elways plays the, he, he recently having been bitten by a rattlesnake on his Malibu estate, thoughts and prayers, Carrie Elways. What a beautiful man. He's gorgeous. He's, he's gorgeous. This is not long after his star turn as the, um, Princess Bride. the Princess Bride. Yeah. Yeah. I, you figure, but it's kind of a, it's. I wonder if he shot this first or he signed on to this first because it's it's not really much of a role. Like he's the bad guy, but he's, you know, he's barely in the movie. He does, doesn't show up till later. He doesn't say very much. And he would just had just come off a massive, massive hit. So I just I wonder if this is something he signed on to to do before that. But a lot of minor characters are, turn out to be big deals like. Uh, John C. A young John yes. C. Riley is part of the pit crew. Fuck. Margot Martindale is, yes. is like doing some sort of pit crew work. Not pit crew, but like she's clocking them. Yes. Yeah. No. There's a lot of there's a lot of big hitters in this movie. Um, so basically, and this this is this is another interesting part because they call him a Yankee. Oh yeah. Because he's from because he's from Eagle Rock, which is a bedroom community outside of near Pasadena, which which if, is like if you're from California, you're not a Yankee, right? Right? You're yeah, not, you're not really anything. Exactly. You're not anything. And it turns out all of the fucking best or many of the best race car drivers are in fact from California. Jimmy Johnson, maybe the greatest driver of all time, the, the California kid. Also, mm-hmm. Jeff Gordon, who I think is from Indiana but came up driving in California. It's actually not, there's, um, there's no reason you couldn't be from California. Although this is a 1990, I do wonder 
being from Eagle Rock, where where he would have done his driving because there's no there's no tracks locally. But that's you know they don't they don't cover that. Probably crimes. It it also is inter- it also is interesting that how little these guys know about racing because they're like, uh, you know, this guy come this guy comes from open wheel. Oh, you mean Indy right. cars? You mean you mean a, a much uh, a much more uh, prolific circuit of driving uh, where you would right. absolutely know this guy's name if he was especially in the nineties, right? If you if you, yeah if he if this guy was going to slum it from Indy cars to NASCAR, you would absolutely know who he was. You wouldn't it wouldn't be like a surprise that he showed up because he was a champion. They say they say he was they say he had won like two top two cups or whatever it was in Indy cars, and then they said he had won seven races in a row. So like it's not he wouldn't he would he wouldn't be a, a stranger to these people. Everyone would be like, "Holy fuck, Cole Trickles coming to NASCAR!" Like it would you be would a big be a deal. household name. Yes. Yeah. He'd be a like, well-known guy. I didn't watch the Indy 500, but I always knew the big names yes. there. Yes, he he's like, well, because my name wasn't Andretti or Unser. Well, there's plenty of other dudes that you would have heard of. Remember AJ Foyt? Yes, a, there's another one. There, um, remember. Um, Juan Pablo Mon- Juan Pablo Mon- Montoya was a he was a Formula One driver from Spain yeah. or no no he's from like Colombia or something and then he then he's like couldn't couldn't get a ride on the Formula One circuit so he dropped down to Indy cars and then he ran yeah. Indy cars for a while and then he's like oh fuck this I'm just gonna go to I'm gonna go to run NASCARs like yeah. everybody knew who he was and he wasn't yeah, a he champion was banging of Ashley anything. Judd yes. he was banging Ashley no, that's, Judd that's um that's uh, the other guy. No, no, oh Tony Kanan. No, no, that was oh Tony. Montoya. Tony Kanan, very ugly. Um, no, yeah. it's uh, Dario Franchitti. The, the oh, that's right. The well known, the well known Scotsman, <laughs> Dario right. Franchitti. Like, just just like every other Scottish guy, he's just called Dario Franchitti. Like every <laughs> very popular Scottish. Montoya is the one who would NASCAR hit the air dryer on a caution. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He um one time under caution to Daytona, they had to rain delay the race one year by a whole day. So they I put remember. it on in prime time. Yeah. And then on in prime time, he's it's under caution. Yeah. He's driving around the track, yeah. hits a jet dryer under caution, runs into it, and sets it on fire. Yes. Like the thing blows up on national TV. Oh, that's great. He hits it under caution. Well, that's so yeah, he was a great I driver. mean, maybe he got that from this movie because Robert Duvall at one point tells Cole Trickle to go out and hit the pace hit car. Hit the pace car. Yeah, he's like he's like, you hit everything else out there. Why don't you go ahead and hit the pace car? Um they they talk a lot about Daytona, which is the which is the Super Bowl of NASCAR. It's also the first race of the year. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, they have. It's their, always been weird. They have their Super Bowl first, and then they do the rest of the season. Yeah, and so they in this movie they miss the Super Bowl of the year for the first race. Right. Like Tim goes out to meet Harry Hogg at the farm during the first race of the year because Harry's missed it because he didn't want to be part of the investigation and why um, Buddy, his driver, got killed the year before. Yeah, it's and maybe you could speak to this, Dola, because you're obviously much more well versed at this stuff than me. He's he goes out and he's like, "Hey, Harry," he's like, "I need you to build me a car." Well, these are stock cars. You're the whole point of this. The whole point of this circuit is that they take factory cars and they fucking set them up so that they can race each other. You have to you have to have a relationship. And back then, there wasn't even Dodge. There was only Ford and Chevy that ran these cars at in in NASCAR so it's 
it's kind of weird that he's like, oh, you got to build me a car. Well, you got, you would have to, he would have to have a relationship with the manufacturer to even have the opportunity to run a car, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, so there's still little tweaks that you could make to the cars here and there that would sure. give you little advantages sure. here and there. But like the idea that Harry was going to fuck the car, yeah, which he essentially yeah. did when he was building yeah. it, like yeah. he was fucking that car he was. when he was building it. He, he and John C. Riley. Yeah, they were both fucking it, which was kind of awkward. Yes. Um, but the adva- the idea that he would build a car and have such an advantage is – they get that a little bit wrong. I do like – and J- um, John C. Riley's a great actor. And I, I do like that he's supposedly a young kid, but he's still like 44 years old. For some, they're yeah. like, yeah, his dad's – Always 44 in every movie. And they were, using, they were using some trick photography because he's got to have Tom Cruise by a foot at least. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think I've, I wrote this down. This I think when they're they're kind of testing out when he shows up uh, on the motorcycle with his duster and they're like, yeah. hey, what do you know about what do you know about stock car racing? And he goes, I watch on ESPN. Their coverage is excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. After, yes. after he rolls in on the wrong yes. way on his motorcycle yes. with the white yeah. walls. Yes. Oh, yeah. And and he doesn't even put a fire suit on. They're like, hey, um, Rowdy Burns, I, we, sh- we should talk about. Like I, I feel like Robert Town was like, "Hey, we're gonna call the, we're gonna call the, um, the main character Cole Trickle," and then he's like, <clears throat> and Tom Cruise is like, "Love it, let's do it," and he's like, yes. and then he's like, "We're gonna call his main rival Rowdy Burns," and Tom Cruise is like, "Ha ha, great name, I love it." <laughs> A couple of gay bars. Yeah, I mean, like it's like <laughs> the naming of these guys is so over the top; it's unbelievable. And that you know, he was like. Uh, you know the the flyby scene in Top Gun? Yeah, do something like that. <laughs> and that's when they're like, yes, yeah. I'm not not dropping the hammer. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, like, yeah. They do it. No, it was not. the flyby. It was the same thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's so they talk about he's got two championships, seven straight wins, yet no one has heard of him. He shows up, of course, on his motorcycle, and they're like, Who the fuck is this guy? He's coming from open wheel. And then with the duster. Yeah, with his duster on. And then he runs a lap and they're like, That's good enough for to be on the pole at Daytona. Daytona. I mean, he's never driven the car before. He's not he doesn't right. warm up. Never been around other cars. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. He's never driven a stock car. Not, not let alone the car that he that he borrows to test he's never driven a stock car and also like he wouldn't just show up like there there would be meetings there would be discussions right. we're talking about bringing this guy in where you know who's got the money i don't know it's just uh they really um they really play it fast and loose with the with the uh with the race world in this movie but again nobody knew about racing back then no nobody knew any better yeah it was it's fine yeah it was uh it was very niche they- they did the uh, the predictable like buff and paint the car yes. montages. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 They they build they build the whole thing out, and then he's he he starts out running the circuit or whatever, and he's like he's actually pretty good, but he's like crashing into everybody, and then we learn that it's just because he doesn't know what to say to the team. Cool. He's like, I don't have right. the vocabulary and the um. And the, yeah, I don't know much about cars. Yeah, and Ro- and Robert Duvall's like, oh yeah, he's like when the um y- when you're having a hard time, you know, keeping your line, you say you say the car's loose, and he's like, oh okay, like he wouldn't know that. Well, and also, also they're not crashing into him or bumping him or yeah. or make, hitting him. 
They're rubbing him. They're rubbing. And rubbing, rubbing is racing. Rubbing is racing. Rubbing is racing. That's true. Rubbing is racing. It is interesting that this is kind of a throwaway movie, and that like that is an iconic line. line that is that's just stuck around from that movie, and really like does a disservice to the sport of NASCAR because they they make you think that all they do is fucking go out there and just crash into each other. You know, something else I have to call out here early on in the movie, you see a guy named Aldo Benedetti. Yes. In NASCAR. Yes. No fucking yes. chance no. that there's no. ever no. been or going to no. be a guy no. in NASCAR or they're ever yes. going to let a guy in yes. named Aldo Benedetti. Yeah, maybe Al Bennett. Yes. But yes. you're not going to get Aldo right. Benedetti. I mean, uh, eventually no. they let Juan Pablo Montoya in, but that wasn't until like the 2000s. I mean, this right. is, they, they had gotten rid of the Confederate flags by then. But yeah, uh, uh, Aldo Benedetti mm. is much like Daryl. I might argue they've never gotten rid of this. Yes. Flag. Yeah. They might. They, right. Yes. Well, it was. There was there was a lot of argument when they asked him not to fly those flags. Uh, right. Yeah, Aldo Benedetti, probably a Scotsman, much like Dario Franchitti. He's he's like the second best driver, and that's where. Um, what's the what's the John what's the um, the NASCAR movie that John C. Riley and Will Ferrell? Oh, uh, the Ricky Bobby. Ma- yeah, oh, Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights, and that's basic. That's it's basically a parody of this movie, Days of Thunder, where the where the bad guy is a Frenchman played by Sasha Baron Cohen. Yes. Yeah. They borrow a lot. Yes. Um, So yeah, he doesn't know how to say loose, and they were. Oh yeah, and they're like, yeah, maybe, um, maybe you could have learned this stuff when you were racing Indy cars out west. Right. What? What does that mean? That's what I mean. Indy car, Indianapolis. You know, it's that's this is a fucking middle of the country sport. Nobody's there's. I mean, there used to be a it's race like, in Long Beach. It's never considered out out west. Yeah, it's not a western sport. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, he's from Eagle Rock. You know, he's he ran open wheel, but it's not racing Indy cars out west. Um, and so he's eventually his third race is at um, Darlington, which is in South Carolina, and he wins. Right, he wins. Mm-hmm. He wins his third race on a on a private team with no sponsor. The sponsor by a car dealer, Randy Quaid. And the whole time. City Chevrolet. Yeah. And the whole time they're like, oh, fucking lo- you're a loser. Like you suck. You're a fucking shitty driver that crashes into it. Winning one out of three. Yeah, he, he won <laughs> the third race. There's guys, there's guys that have been raced that have spent whole careers and are considered good drivers that never win a race. That's, there's guys that don't win a race their entire career. This guy is running in the front from his very first race. And then he wins his third race. And they're like, we're never going to get any money to run this team. We're such fucking losers. Um, that was kind of a weird detail because he was, yeah. he was great. We also, well, the, yeah. the tires were spa- staggered spectrum <laughs> and paired perfectly. Yes. Yeah. Just drive around on the up. outside. Yeah. It'd be just yeah. fine. Um, one thing that probably was true back then versus today is, it's funny. Like, the fact that they can have these long conversations during the pit stops. Yeah. When pit stops today are like nothing. Yeah, they're like, like 11 seconds. a blink seconds. of an eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, and they get – so there is a lot of that because he um, – not to jump ahead, but he gets – his last race is in, at Daytona where Rowdy Burns tells him, I need a top five finish just to get money, and he's – just to get sponsored for the next season, and he's running well in the top five, and he's still trying to crash into everybody and destroy Rowdy Burns' car. It's just, it's like, dude, just finish. Just finish on the podium, and you're fine. You're set. Right. 
for right, next you don't have season. To win, Cole. Yeah, you don't, you have, don't to have to win, Cole. But also he he um, loses his transmission. I mean, it's a it's a whole thing. It's he loses his right. transmission. He he comes in to the pits. And then they, they're like, the linkage is all twisted. And they're some guys like Just wrenching give me the high gear. Yeah. yeah. Well, he would, I mean, obviously the, so he supposedly only has one gear. He wouldn't even be able to drive out of the pits. The car would stall. It would, the car would not move if it only had one gear. He would never get up to that gear. But then assuming that, that that's even possible, he pulls out and he's, he's last, you know, everybody's past him. He pitted, no one else pitted. He pulls out and then he's immediately in ninth place. Yeah. And he was really trucking. Yeah. And, and then he comes back and there's only like three laps left. And then he's, he goes from ninth place to second place um, on that same lap. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, he eventually wins the race. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, you know who shows so, up? S- Senator Fred Thompson, another no. guy that was 70 years old in 1990. Right. Well, he definitely was seventy in nineteen ninety. Oh, did he? He died. Not, well, wait. When did he, he? He must be twenty years dead. Oh, his, has it been that long? I feel like he's I don't know, always I can't around. Imagine. Yeah, Fred Thompson. And yeah. I did write down Fred Thompson stays on brand. Calls the Japanese the Japs. Japs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So hold on. we we missed a we missed a huge scene here, right? We oh, missed the scene yeah. where they get oh, the sexual harassment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we missed the scene where. They get pulled over by the cops, right? And right, Cole gets felt up. And the stripper, right? Oh, yeah. She so she grabs that dick. She does. And mm-hmm. we, we miss a key part here where, like, we get a good shot of Cole's dick. And I need to know, are we talking, like, is he packing or is that a piece? Like, is he, is, like, there oh. prosthetic there? Or I mean, he like, wears lifts, so. Yeah. But, like, is he is he rocking a prosthetic there? Or is, like... Because like they give a good look at it, and like it looks like Whoa. he's packing. Well, but interesting. He's actually- interesting. So, wait, Brian. I looked up Fred Thompson. Yeah. Do you want to do a little? How fucking old is this guy? Yeah, hold on, hold on. Let's play the song. And not in case you already didn't know that we live in the fucking shittest country on the planet Earth. There, there was a guy. And if you're young, you might not know this. There was a guy. There was an actor. His name was Fred Thompson. And I, he I think he like served in the military or he was like he was like one of those guys that like looked like a senator, so they would yeah, always. I think he played that type in a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. They, he looked like a senator, so he would always play a senator or like somebody in government. And then eventually, somebody's like, "Fuck, this guy looks so much like a senator. Let's just make him a senator." And they're like, Why don't you "Okay, be a senator." Yeah, and then people in Tennessee were like, "Why not? Like he's a senator in every movie. Let's just make him a senator." And then they made him a fucking senator. Yeah. Um, okay. well, he, yeah. he died November 1st, 2015. I won't tell you what it, his age was. Okay. So in ni- um, in 1990, when he was, when he was in this movie, he was, he was well into his seventies. He was probably about 77 years old. So that means in, um, 90 plus 2015, that's 25 years later. He was, uh, he was 102. <laughs> 
One, he, so he died at 102 years old. I'm saying he was 48. 48? In 1990? I'm saying he was 48 in 1990. Wow. So that was 48. <laughs> four, that would have made him 73 when he died in 2015. Dola, you looked that up, right? I did not. He was 48. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. He, he was younger than you'd think. No wonder. He, he, he was 73 in 2015. Shut the fuck up. He was. I did not look that up. I'm fucking 47. I thought for sure he was 70 there. He was 48? Oh he lived God. a hard life, though. Like Hard he, life he of playing all, senators? No, he was. Well, he lived the life of a senator, right? He was all yeah. scotch Chivas. and cigarettes all yeah. the time. Yeah, Chivas. Hookers, yeah. heaters, yes. and Chivas. All that, hookers, Chivas, sh- sh- and hookers. All that Chivas. I mean, what a fuck. A lot of heaters. A lot of heaters. That, that is. That, that might be. That's. Worse than Brimley. That's one of the all time. I mean, uh, unbelievable. Like I was kidding, but I thought you know he was in the sixties at least. Forty eight years old, unbelievable. Uh oh yeah yeah oh so the dick. Yeah. So, so as, I, I'm thinking yeah. I'm thinking he has a prosthetic in there. So um, everyone knows I've been trying to pursue the rumor for my entire life because I I maintain that having a giant hog is more does more harm than good because there's a lot of women that that they they go oh oh no 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 there's there's a um there's a great broad city episode yes there's a great broad city where uh she hooks up she hooks up with blake griffin and when it when it comes time to bang she just starts laughing she's like oh what what am i gonna do with that what am i gonna do with that that's not going inside of me no thank you so i always i always say it's just best to have the rumor to have people think you have a big dong and then just have a a less intimidating you know and you want to have a nice one but you don't you don't want it, it to have an, a, an uh a gauche oversized thing that you break out so you just want the rumor that said i would never i would never think to sock up like if somebody if somebody was going to do a shot of my dong I would just, I, it would feel dirty to me to cucumber my pants just to get the rumor. Now, Tom Cruise, he's a big actor, you know, he's an actor of the art he claims to be five, nine. He just, he's, yeah. he's wearing tight pants. She gives him a nice squeeze down there. Now, two, two possibilities here. He, well, three possibilities. He's either dicked up and you know, look, he's, he's I'm not a big cream. guy. He's not a big guy, but He's got a big ego. You know, he wanted to be an actor. There's a possibility that he's got a big dong. B, he puts a sock in the pants for that scene where she goes down to squeeze. They're tight pants. I'm trying to pause it at the right moment. Yes. Have, I'm watching. Yeah. You're an expert. That is 100% a prosthetic or something. Thank you, so, Ed. So hold on. 100% because the way it, it's. It's too much in this yes. scene. So oh, it's too much. Here's here's my and like either he's hard yeah. or it's oh, a prosthetic. Geez. Dola, please. So, oh. so he, and now here, here's my third option. There was a movie called Flashdance starring Jennifer Beals, who is banging. Super yes. hot. Yeah. But when she does the dancing and when she gets naked, it's always in shadow. Because it, they use what's called a body double. Very, very common. A lot of times you'll see Julia Roberts get them out. Well, that's not Julia not Roberts like. getting them out. That's somebody else with a smoking ass body similar to Julia Roberts that gets them out. Could there, because 
look, the shot goes, it's not a full body shot. It goes from his face down to his it, tight jeans where he's getting his dick squeezed. Could there have been a stunt cock involved, Ed? Maybe, maybe he's not, maybe he's not juicing it, but juicing it another way where they bring in a dude with a big dong just to shoot that scene. What are your thoughts, Ed? You're the, you're the expert. Yeah, I, I think it's either that or prosthetic because I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can get, I'm taking a picture right now. It's yeah. oh, taking a picture. Huh? Screenshot. So we're purporting that there's a potential that they said, okay, cut Peter North step in. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. Yes. And so an uncredited Peter North yes. scene here. Bring in, right. bring in I Alden Brown. Brian, I'm yeah. going to DM it to Dola. Okay. I don't have your phone, right. but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's on its way. Okay. Okay, let me take a look here. Oh, it's here. Wow. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Oh, in your DMs, Dola. I'm going to say, so, dude, I'm telling you right now, based on the, no, nobody's dumb. It's not Tom Cruise. No, it's not. I just looked, he's wearing super tight jeans and he doesn't have that bulge when he gets off the, uh, that's down camera. past the zipper. Yeah, it's, that's down past the zipper line. When you when you get an erection, your dick, and especially if you're wearing jeans, your dick does not go down your pants like that. It's it's oh, it's going against the grain. It's that's why I think it's a prosthetic. Yes, because I think you're even right. if it was a guy's natural dick, like it's it's too it it's too much you know, of something. Yes, no, Ed, and it goes down way past yeah, the zipper. Ed, plus the resistance of the jeans on top of it. Yes, Ed, right as as the as the originator of the Daily's Choice game. Daily's Choice. It's a choice I made. Daily's Choice. Watch me shiver while you shake. Once again, I have to defer to your expertise and I, I am in awe because there's, there of the three possibilities I offered, the stunt cock, the Tom Cruise just having a huge cock or the prosthesis, you're absolutely right. This is clearly a prosthesis. This is, this is, he's put like a fake um, like a dildo part of yeah, my it, language. It looks like, it's, like he tucked yes, a dildo. He in tucked his pants. a dildo down his pants. And because he's a huge nerd and because they get all the, they get all the driving wrong in this movie. They also get how dicks work wrong. Your dick, if you get hard, it, it goes either up or to the side in your pants. It does not go straight down. It's you're, you right. have a broken dick. If it was in this position in, in this tight of pants. Yeah, great work as always, Ed. Ed, I did some Zapruder type yes, no, study. Beautiful, beautiful, uh, amazing. Yes. So eventually, oh, so these guys are getting a crash, right? Yeah. They crash because they're hospital. They're oh, they're, here's another thing. I don't know if this happens before or after. They're um, they're like touring Rowdy Burns land after after this is after. Okay, so they get yeah. they get in a car accident and um. And what's her name? Nicole Kidman. She's like a, she's what's, what's a brain doctor called? Neurologist. Neurologist. Yeah. She's like checking them to make sure they're okay. And they're doing cat scans and shit. And she's got her accent and stuff all in the dark. Right. They were like only, she can only do her work in a fucking dark doctor's office. Everything's dark. She only, yeah. Like she's, she's developing film on the side. Yeah. Can't be too much light. And then these guys, they put on their, um, it's a it's a very '90s style where um where Tom Cruise is wearing the button the shirt buttoned up all the way but no tie with, with right, jeans right. and and the blazer and then they race 
It's a cute well, thing. They race their. If you're forgetting where Tom Cruise gets Nicole Kidman to touch his dick. Yeah, that was. Oh, what? That was. He grabs her hand. Yeah, because oh, he thinks she's just like the stripper. Yes. What was it? Uh, sorry. Uh, what was it? Uh, sorry, Mr. Trickle. That's just not my. Spe- that's interesting enough, Mr. Trickle. That's just not my specialty. Um. Yes. Yeah. She does. Like he would go to jail for that. I mean, yes. He's. He's Deshaun Watson here. Maybe not yeah. jail, but yes. he, there would be a huge lawsuit on the fledgling yes. NASCAR driver. Yeah, he would be drummed out of the sport. Although, I mean, you know, it is the South. This is this is happening in in Charlotte. No, yeah. and much much like how the world didn't know that much about um, NASCAR. I guess at this time, the world didn't know much about concussions because the way she talks about it is such a basic like this this is not how doc- doctors talk well yeah and, it was, and also, your brain is bruised yeah it's gonna right. swell and and then rowdy burns is like oh, i'm not going back to the fucking doctor oh wait, you right. just want to have a fucking injured not, i mean not like there's anything that they can do for traumatic Take brain injuries headache powder and i'm fine yeah yeah he's but he's like i ain't <laughs> yeah, going he's headache powder I, and then he's like if that if if she weren't a woman I'd be back on the track right now, dude. You have you have blood on your brain. Like, why why not go to a doctor? And the 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 wheelchair racing thing where the That's two, the best. yeah, uh, that clearly was Tom Cruise. Like, yes. hey, Robert Town, yeah. remember in Rocky Two or yes. Rocky and Apollo yes. race? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's yes. do that. Totally, absolutely, yeah. They race. I mean, they're racing everything. They're racing. They're right racing now. rental cars. They're racing everything. Uh, I counted twelve separate charges in the rental car race alone. Yeah, yes, they. Uh, well, we can talk about that. He, um, but then they go to Rowdy Burns' property, and he's like, "Yeah, I gotta keep, I gotta keep winning, um, Winston Cups, so I can build. I'm gonna build a house on this land right, th- right here." And um, Cole Trickle, rude, by the way, rude question goes, "Oh yeah, how much is that gonna run you?" And then, and then Rowdy Burns is like, 10 million. and I'm like. What are you going to fucking buy the whole state of North Carolina? Does is your land right. is the land you own actually just called North Carolina? Because I it mean, you could more than that. You you could build you you could build the biggest fucking mansion in the state of North Carolina for probably eighty thousand dollars. Like what? What are you talking ten million dollars? This isn't fucking Beverly Hills. How how, big, how big a house is this guy going to build? This is nineteen ninety before Charlotte was all yes. built up. Yes, like, this this is. This is the early days. Yes, he's. This is. This is. They're. They're. They're overestimating. I think, but yeah, they're out on his boat, and f- the, yeah, then they got to go to dinner, right? Is, has this already happened, Dola? No. Well, so, all right, we get the wheelchair. Fred race, Thompson. And then, yeah. then we get Fred Thompson. His unfortunate reference to quote unquote Japs. Yes. Forty. In the lettuce inspections. Forty-eight-year-old Fred Thompson, who's like he's like the Bill France of or whatever. He's the guy that like owns yeah. NASCAR. He tells Cole and uh, he tells Cole and Rowdy that they're not going to get into any more accidents. They're not allowed to hit anymore, and they're going to go to dinner together. And they have to drive together to prove that they're going to be buddies now, right? And so this precedes them hanging out with each other. So they they say, okay, you're going to drive to dinner together. So Cole goes out to the parking lot and waits by his doctor's car for her. Yes, because yes. because he's this is where we see the start of Cole's stalking behavior, and this is important, right? He goes and waits by her car for her, and so he doesn't like he doesn't know where to draw lines, appropriate lines. Yes, and yeah. he's waiting by her car injury. for her, like, hey, I want to see you. I want to take you out to dinner. Oh, that's not necessary. That's no, Cole. 
It's okay. And she drives off. Like she's very polite and handles it. Yeah, this it's, no a, it's a Deshaun no it's a Deshaun Watson situation where he's he's lost he has no impulse control because yeah, he's so had a he's had a traumatic brain injury. Maybe sure. maybe it was traumatic when he asked Fred Thompson his age. Right. And he yes. found out he was 48. I, I'm still stunned by that. I think, I'm looking I think at it. Wrong. He's not 48. I here. think you're wrong. <laughs> you, you've, you've misread it or, or we've been fed a bill of goods on, on Fred Thompson's age because there's no way that man is 48. He's 65 at least. So then Rowdy and Maverick, I'm sorry, Rowdy and, uh, Rowdy and Cole get Cole. in the car. Yeah. Rowdy and Cole get in the car and they say, hey, I'm not going to let you drive this car. You're not going to let me drive this car. So they each get their own rental cars and they have a demolition derby on the way to dinner. No, it's great. Yeah. They destroy. Yeah, they destroy. They destroy th- no, this is this is like um, Jackass, the TV show where where Bam Margera buys the extra insurance. Yes. He's, they're like, oh, yeah. $9. How much is the extra insurance? $9. Okay. And then I can just, I can give you back the car in any condition. And they're like, yep, no problem. They're like, oh, give me the extra insurance. Yeah. So they fuck up the cars. They go to dinner. And now they're best friends because yeah. they've come to an accord. Yes. Yeah. They're, well, they're, then, they're like-minded dudes. Yeah. We go it's back like to the show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Much you like just step-brothers. become my best friend? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Now yep. we, go, we go back to the shop. Cole's out for a week because he's injured. We meet... We meet the antagonist. We finally Russ meet Wheeler. Russ Wheeler yeah, again. But Cole's too busy to talk to Russ because he's on the phone continuing his stalker behavior. He's talking to Tim, trying to get the doctor's home address. Yes. And phone yes. number wow. from the chief of staff and trying to alter her work schedule <laughs> without her yes. permission to get her on a plane to come and see him. <laughs> not not asking her, just he's going to alter her work schedule. He's going to send her a fucking apartment full of flowers and he's going to be over the top and say, hey, get out here and suck it. Yeah. Not she doesn't have a choice. He does. She's on the way. And at, at some point, doesn't he like not take her to the airport or something? Like she's she's out there like on a visit. Oh yeah, he he just leaves her on the side of the road in a parking garage, yeah. essentially. Yeah, and well, he's he's lucky enough to actually get to have sex with her, and then he completes the act by putting sweet and low all over her leg. What yeah. the fuck was that? What is up? And we that just was had, a very odd scene. We just had this yeah. in Bull Durham, which is a just a couple years before this. Yeah. What what was up with the food fucking that was going on <laughs> in the 80s and 90s? People, people are pouring milk on each other. They're they're using ar- very unhealthy by the way, artificial sweetener. Yeah, not good. I mean, what the- A lot of metaphors for come. Yes, yes. Just just do the regular sex, guys. Like we don't we don't need fucking strawberries and cream involved in our banging. It was so odd. I don't know if you guys watched the movie in HD, but you could see Nicole Kidman's leg hairs, and it was a little yes. awkward. A little I awkward. did see that. She was not an upper leg shaver. And it's a little you, awkward. You pointed this out at uh, yes. a recent movie. Yes. There there was a thing back in the day where women would only shave from the knee down. They would not shave the upper leg area, and this was a thing that Nicole Kidman was clearly doing, unless – this was a body double situation. Well, now, though, I have to wonder, like, what was going on up higher? Like, was it a jungle situation? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that could be real yes, unfortunate. Yes. And, and. Could really ruin the myth. And a ginge. So the carpet yeah. definitely matches the drapes. 
Right. And that, that could be a really rough carpet to go into. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's got very curly hair. Yeah. Like, and how are you going to find something? It's like Velcro. She's from a wild place. She's, she's, she's from, an, she's from an untamed part of the world, a, a still untamed and isolated island that broke off from Pangea very early on. So they have very, they have their own wildlife and, they probably have a lot of bush. They, she's from the bush, so she probably has a a wild, tangled. Yes, yes. Thank you, Ginger. It's not, thicket. it's not a body double. I'm looking like she she allows herself to be in the whole scene. Yeah, and we know she has no problem with nudity. Yeah, that's true because because Billy Zane, Billy Zane was getting it. Derek, listen to your buddy Billy Zane. He's a cool dude. Billy Zane was getting it on that sailboat in Dead Calm, and look. Look, Nicole Kidman resisted, but you could tell she kind of liked it. That's all I'll say. You go back and watch it. Dead calm. Uh, So then he's dropping her off at the airport. And I I just watched this part this morning and I'm not sure if I wasn't paying attention. What was the deal with him in his Caprice classic rental car? And getting into the race with the taxi cab, they, they, he bumps into the taxi cab, and then they're fucking uh, much like Apollo and Rocky. Okay. They're off to the races. Dola, can you explain that to me? Okay, so the, it's important that before this, right before this, he lost his job. He and his team got fired because him and Russ Wheeler were racing, and Russ Wheeler knocked him out of the race. And he says, "Change my tires. His tires go flat." And he says, change my tires yeah, to, then, to John C. Riley. Changes his tires. So I have I have a note here written down, attempted murder. The race yes. ends yes. And, and Russ Wheeler's driving around the, the doing the victory lap with the checkered flag. And uh, Cole Trickle attempts to murder him. He shoots yes. out of the pits and fucking T-bones him into the wall, much like Sterling Marlin did to Big E, the intimidator, except no one cared because everybody hated Dale Earnhardt. Perhaps the only time in the movie it's appropriate we see somebody change gears because yes. it's the only time in the movie we should see somebody accelerating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. So um, the only time we see a gear change that's appropriate. And yes, he goes out of the pits and T-bones him, tries to kill him. Appropriately, the team owner fires everybody on Cole's team. So they all of lose course. their jobs. Of course. Cole's taking to Cole Kidman back to the airport. The cab driver doesn't like how long Cole's taking. And in, in an aggressive move, taps Cole's bumper. Cole slams it into reverse, hits the shit out of the cab. Yes. Cab goes flying. Cole goes chasing the cab. Nicole Kidman is flipping out, says, let me out of the Cole car, tries to get out. Yes. And Cole stops. Yes. Somehow they're in a parking garage. And then Nicole Kidman gets all hitty. Yeah. Yeah. But hold on. The cab driver, he doesn't own that car. Like, wouldn't he be like, hey, hey. My friend, we need to change. We need to exchange insurance information here. You're going to get me in trouble. You run into my car. No, you hit my car. And but he just fucking takes off. Did he steal that cab? Like it didn't make sense to me that they would be chasing after each other. He the, no. the cab. The cab is the one that was wronged in the situation. He wouldn't try to run away. No, and on top of that, it. So Cole worked really hard to stalk the shit out of this girl and get her. That's right. And then like, he's just going to let her go like this. No, Insane. Like Cole doesn't seem like the kind of guy who takes no from a girl. Right. No, he definitely doesn't. He definitely. Now he's going to let her push him a little bit and walk away. Yes. 
How I, I, uh, I feel like this would escalate it. Yes. How turned on do you think Jay Leno is when he sees him, uh, Tom Cruise wearing the denim shirt oh, with yeah. with yes. the jeans? Yeah, he's got, yeah. Oh, he's got, like several scenes in the movie. Yes. He strokes his chin repeatedly. Yes. No. He's he definitely he's got that. Hey, maybe, he's got that maybe jacket. Maybe in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a, so after this happens, Tom Cruise or Cole Trickle, he does a thing. And this is a thing that that happens often in movies. He just stops by. Yeah. He just Listen to pop in. He just pops in. He pops in. He pops into Rowdy Burns' house. But right. Rowdy Burns' wife is sitting there. She's got a crying baby. She's got a couple other fucking brats eating cocoa puffs in the kitchen. You know, it's like, what the what the fuck do you want, Cole? You don't just show up to somebody's house. And then of course, of course, Rowdy Burns has brain trauma, because what's he doing? Shooting pool by himself. Right. Playing pool alone. <laughs> playing. Crunching down some goodies, headache powder. Yeah. He's just, just playing, just playing fucking pool by himself. Like, I mean, yeah. A- and he said, this is where he says, he says, I would, I would be, um, I would be out there on the track if it wasn't for this woman doctor. If, it, if, if she weren't a woman doctor, I, I'd be back on the track. And then he starts listing, he starts listing the, um, the, the trophies. Uh, we it, it, no. He starts listing the injuries that he's driven oh, yeah. with, and it, and one of the injuries is two broken legs. He's like, I've driven, I've driven with two broken legs. Um, I, that's impossible. How he could? You need your legs to work the pedals. Wouldn't there be a follow up question? Yes. Like, how'd you do that, dude? That's crazy. Is this this what are you, Jack Lung- Youngblood? Yeah. Is this like um Chuck Chuck Yeager breaking the sound ba- barrier? Like it's. Just, <laughs> You you had two broken legs. Like, what kind of apparatuses were you using to drive the vehicle at that time? It's determination. Yeah, this is before paddle shifting. You got to really want to drive with two broken legs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I can only do that off. if like it's a life or death situation, right? Like, yeah, I have to get out of here. Yes, I have to get to the hospital. Um. So we so we actually this turns out to be a big opportunity for Cole because because uh, Rowdy needs because the woman doctor won't let him race with a traumatic brain injury he and i'm pretty sure it's not up to her but whatever he's he's like i need i'm gonna lose my sponsorship money and i'm building that 10 million dollar house on the lake he's like so i'm gonna need you i'm gonna need somebody to drive my car and this is where this is where he um he Oh my god! I completely lost my train. He of goes back to see Harry. Yeah, he goes well, to Harry's house and says, "I need you, Harry. Yeah, oh yeah, I need you to set the car up." We learned that oh, he just needs. He's like, if I don't finish top five, I'm not getting my my uh, sponsorship money. So this is where Tom Cruise, as a friend, would be like, "Oh, I I gotta I gotta help my buddy out here and not destroy his car and reputation by trying to kill this Russ Wheeler guy on the track." But that's not what he does. <laughs> but then then he goes back. To he goes back to Robert Duvall, who's painting a. Tra- he's always painting something. He's painting a car. He's painting a tractor, and he's like, "Nope, I ain't doing it." I went it's all full up on race car drivers over here. I ain't doing it. And then this is where we learn two things: one, Robert Duvall murdered John C. Riley's dad. Oh yeah, what was his dad's name? Buddy. But a uh, buddy, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. He's like you, and and. and Super sleuth Cole Trickle figured it out. He's like, actually, he's like, you you built the car with too thin a tubing so the um so that the 
so that the um, carbon monoxide would leak into the vehicle. And that's why uh, that's why Buddy didn't have his senses about him and hit a wall. So a couple of things, a couple of things are happening here. One, Robert Duvall's a murder. B, this is clearly predictive programming by the fuck by the men in the fucking gray suits, the fucking the Illuminati. They're telling us, hey, yep. 11 years from now. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to be for Dale. senior. The Intimidator is going to get well, murdered. Like he did Buddy Bretherton. Yeah, he's going to get he's going to get murdered at the Daytona Super Speedway in Florida, just like happened in this movie. And you're not going to think it's a big deal because we already talked about it in Days of Thunder in 1990. <laughs> Something to think about. So what a piece of shit must Buddy have been for Buck to be hanging around with the guy who killed his so, dad? Totally. That's that's another thing. Like a Look, even if even if you didn't necessarily like, look, I don't know that you murdered my dad, but it's whatever happened. You know, you guys were working together. You built the car. The car broke. My dad died. You're blaming it on my dad. I don't think I'm going to be your employee. Yeah, it makes just as much sense as uh, when uh, the McFlies had Biff buffing the cars. He tried to rape Lorraine. Yeah. He, he tried to rape your mom and you you got him buffing the four by four in the driveway. Yeah, there's another there's and another guy in Hill Valley who can do that work. And, you, not your right. and also also not only did he try to rape Lorraine, but he's a shitty detailer. Jo- George comes out there and he's like, now, Biff, did you put a second coat of wax on the Buick? And, and Biff's like, yeah, I did. Definitely did. And he's like, I don't think you did. Okay, you got me. It, Biff's a liar. He's not only a rapist; he's he's trying to cut corners as a right. detailer. Why why would this guy be employed? There's no trust with Biff. No, absolutely no. can't not. trust him. Sip of water there. Uh, so then he goes out. Um, also, beautiful new sponsor. Mellow. This Yellow. is great. This is great. It, it, it's a good looking. It really is. Logo. It really and, is. And we're back to Harry having sex with a car again. He's he. The, <laughs> this time he actually, he actually comes on the edge. He definitely finishes the, this time. Yeah, he, he finishes. Yeah, he and uh, it's it's the best looking car. And I get why you would unveil it later in the movie because they. What are the other sponsors? Exxon, Russ mm-hmm. Wheeler, right. and this is this is how you know Russ Wheeler's gonna gonna get fucked in the end. He he's driving a Hardy's car. Which is Hardy's car looked fast though. Which on the West Coast is Carl's Jr., but one of the worst fast food chains. I yeah, mean, yeah it, and nobody really wants to be yeah, sponsored. Yeah, I mean it could be worse. It could be Arby's, which right. is which is where they heat up that deli meat. Roast beef. Yeah, that that Travis Rogers eats in the middle of the grocery store. Or uh, or Bloody. or but the, the the by far the worst, the king, Burger King. Oh, the Burger King is the worst. The by worst. Far. The worst. Um, and then Russ Wheeler's hanging out with like a Lilith Crane yes. stunt double. No, they have the same yes. haircut. Who she is looks, she? she looks, I have that written she's down. Not as he attractive as, as yes. BB North, but yes. Who is? Who is she's she? Got that Lilith vibe. She his lady. So the implication again, and maybe this is predictive programming. The implication is Russ Wheeler likes to get pegged. He's got the. He's yes, got. The, yeah, he's I got think that's. Yeah. Really, what they're doing? He's got Why the little the tiny glasses, pantsuits on. Yes, yeah, because because when you like to get pegged, you get a you have a very quasi masculine looking female in your life, and she's the, the one that does the pantsuits. 
Man, I might want to wow. see if I can buy one of these mellow yellow pit crew shirts. They're pretty sweet. Well, no, remember, Ed, when when we gave away, sorry, Dola, rough subject for you. When we gave away my beautiful wedding crystal to um, oh, yeah. Kate, I can't remember her handle. Shady, she Shady Katie. Them. Yeah, Shady she Katie. Earned them. She earned them. Absolutely. When we gave them away, she's like, oh, we're going to be drinking because she lives in Cincinnati. She's like, we're going to be drinking mellow yellow out of these bitches. And you and I are like, oh, they're still mellow yellow. And then I looked it up. They've changed the fucking logo. Oh, yeah. They've modernized the mellow yellow logo to where it's just it's just a generic ass looking logo. It just looks like looks like it could be like a monster energy or rock star energy can. It doesn't it doesn't have the beautiful, iconic mellow yellow style that we're used to so you might you might you could probably find a shirt but you would have to find a vintage shirt because the logo is now different they've they've ruined it yeah but look into this maybe maybe we'll all get them we'll all run uh mellow yellow shirts beautiful yeah it's gorgeous logo yeah yeah um so uh he wins the race and when i covered this earlier i i I prefaced this earlier he despite the fact that he blows a tranny he blows something else and then he blows the tranny he only has one gear the linkage he has to he has to drive through the accident first yes he drives through his demons oh is that what's going on he drives (laughs) through his demons here yeah he drives through his demons gotta let go yes it's it's the same shit yes he drives through his demons and then he shifts the car into fourth gear which is probably why he was in last place the whole time because he was driving around the wrong gear yes (laughs) so then he finally shifts into fourth gear and like oh now i can keep up so he shifts to the fourth gear, yes. and now all of a sudden he can keep pace with everybody. Yes. Once again, oh. something he would have picked up on the indie circuit. Yeah. Yes, yes, of course. Yes, he would. I mean, he would know how to drive a car at this point. He clearly does right. not know how to drive, and, the, and despite the fact that he's winning races nearly every weekend, he he yes. wins almost every race he's in. So he, he he drives through his demons, and now he's he's battling with Russ Wheeler, and he's bumping him, and he's hey, remember me, Russ. And he bumps him, and then Russ Wheeler bumps him back, and all of a sudden, the accelerator's stuck. Yes. This is Daytona. It's a restrictor plate. This is not a problem. This is not a problem. They never take their foot off the gas at this track. So he's sitting there. The accelerator's stuck. Yes. And Harry says – Get on the get on the clutch and let the son of a bitch blow it. Yeah. No, this is there's no problem here. Yes. You don't need no. the brake. Yeah. You just go as fast as you can. You're never taking your foot off the gas. This is great. Right. This you, is not a problem. You're running wide open. It's it's a super speedway. There's nothing yeah. but room out there. Uh, Russ hits him from yes. behind again. Somehow yes. he catches him, even though the accelerator's stuck. He catches him, hits him, breaks the transmission. All he's got is reverse. He reverses it into the pits. Well, drives yes. it in reverse into the pits. Yes, all he's Take got, over, and then they fix the linkage so that he mm-hmm. only has six gear, whatever. They're like, just just leave him in the high gear, in the high gear, which is fine. But except that he would not be able to start. start? You can't yeah. leave the fucking well. You starting got the, you got the clutch in. You got yes. the clutch in, and yes. then you're. You're, right. John C. Riley's going to have to push really hard to get yes. him out. Or, or, John C. Riley and the other team. Yes. Or, or he, yeah, he just revs it to 9,000 RPM and pops the clutch and uh, he's automatically going 80 miles an hour and, and he's ready to go. Right. But he gets out in front of the pace car and then he's going top speed when the green flag drops, which is definitely not legal. No. No. You definitely can't have that advantage on everybody. He's going top speed. Yeah. And eventually. He uh, he pulls a fast one on Russ by going 
low when everybody thinks he's going to go yes. high. Yes. Oh, a little switcheroo. Yes. And uh, he pulls down low for the win. There is the big win. There is a lot of um, spinning out and still being yes. in first place happening yeah. in this race where they where the where it happens to Rowdy and it happens to Cole where they spin out on the infield and then they just re-enter the race and they haven't lost any positions. Not, you know, these mm-hmm. guys are going 180 miles an hour. Like every car passes you. If you spin out, you have to, you have to maintain the pace of the, of the track, but not, you know, this, again, they get all the it's a quick spin. Them. Yes. Quick spin. So guys on August 19th, 2012, a vehicle stops in the middle of the Vincent Thomas Bridge in San Pedro, California. A man emerges from the vehicle. Witnesses see him climb a fence and leap from the bridge to his death in Los Angeles Harbor. Probably haunted by a terrible movie you made in 1990. That man was director Tony Scott. Do you think his, his relationship and legacy of Tom Cruise movies is what put him over the top? He couldn't live with himself anymore. Some say it was his cancer diagnosis. I can't believe I made that piece of shit. Yes. Then he jumped. 1990, that's all I'm going to be remembered for. Tony Scott. He, he- Fun movies. I, I watched not too long ago the uh, the Denzel Runaway Train movie. Oh, that was a yeah, fun one. Yeah, that was Tony Scott. He made a lot of like low key fun movies. Yeah, he directed True Romance. Yeah, he just he's he was a real um, heavy hitter. Yeah, this one was not good. This this one should not make the greatest hits. Yeah, Ridley. A lot of shifting. Ridley a lot Scott's of shifting. brother. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's a <clears throat> here's a surprise for you guys. Production began without a finished script. No way. Yeah, that tracks. Scenes were often written the day of filming. During one driving sequence, Tom Cruise actually had to read his lines from cue cards attached to the windshield, which resulted in a minor car accident. For subsequent driving sequences, Cruise was fitted with a special earpiece, oh, like, like Marlon Brando, to have lines fed to him. Wow. Oh, uh, in a re- in a recent interview on March third, twenty twenty one, with Doctor Jerry Punch on the Dale Junior de- movie, right? Dale Junior download. Um, pro- yeah, it was revealed yeah. that Tom Cruise approved Nicole Kidman to be his love interest in the film after it was suggested that Cruise see her performance, her very nude performance in Dead Calm. It's unfortunate that we didn't get to see another Lizzie shoe vehicle here because she would have been. She would have been better. She would have been better. Yep. Yeah, and this is just right after cocktail. Hey, Lizzie shoe. I mean, a, huge fan. A move. Oh, huge. A, a movie we discussed on this show, and a much better move, much better Tom Cruise movie. Cocktail came out, I think, just one year before this one. Um, some mo- some footage for the movie was shot during the 1990 Daytona 500. Two additional cars driven by Bobby Hamilton and Tommy Ellis were added to the rear of the field for the express purpose of shooting them for this film. But some sport. Could you could you imagine they're playing the Super Bowl and they're like, 
hey, we need yeah. to get a guy out there. You gotta have four, it has to be 14 on 14 because yeah. we need footage. We, well, because right. we need one guy that's going to be run into the end zone and then another guy behind him is actually going to pull out a nine millimeter from his uniform and just like, just keep playing the just game. Just, yeah, just keep playing <laughs> just the game. Keep going. No big just deal. Him. But we're shooting some last action think, hero out here. I think I mentioned this. I was at a Knicks game one time and at halftime, they're like, all right, we need to shoot a sequence from a, a like a buzzer beater for a Vince Vaughn movie. Yeah. Um, and he's in the crowd and the the guy has to make like they have this like fake basketball scene. The guy just has to drain, drain like a like elbow. Yeah. Uh, shot. And he and the crowd like has to act like he oh, just won the championship shit, yeah. and he missed, he yeah. missed like 25 that's, in a row. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Were booing, dude. People were booing. It just it didn't work. That's a lot of pressure. Oh, well, well, famously, the LAPD was like, hey, um, let's just charge some Mexican with that murder. And the guy's like, I didn't murder anybody. And they're <laughs> like, yeah, well, whatever. You know, you'd probably did some other shit. So he's, he's the right color. We'll, yeah, we'll charge yeah him. just put him in jail. And he's like, hey, he's like. I was at the fucking Dodger game that day. And they're like, yeah, bullshit. You fucking liar. Anyway, we're going to put you in prison. Doesn't matter if you did it. And then he's like, wait, they were filming a TV show and they were making curb your enthusiasm. And there's a fucking perfect shot of the guy that would be in prison for murder. Had oh, he what not- an episode too. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's- that was the HOV lane. Yes, he, and he picks up the and, hooker. Uh, when his, his, the hooker uh, gives his dad, Shelly Berman, yes. the, uh, yeah. the weed. Yes. That's a good one. That's a, that is a great episode. Uh, Tom, I always like these um, possible castings. Tom Cruise wanted Kurt Russell for the role of Rowdy Burns. It was through Cruise that Russell became aware of backdrop. It, Kurt Russell is one of those guys. He's an icon. Like, yeah, I mean, he's fucking great he, and he's in everything like he's in all of these amazing movies. But then you then you read the, all the other stuff he was supposed to be in. Right. We just did Bull Durham. Yes, he was supposed to. He was yes. he was supposed to be. It's it's crazy to have that kind of career and then also could have been in every other movie, you know, I did that. he ever work with Tom Cruise? Did he? I don't think he did. I can't think of him ever working with Tom Cruise, which oh. maybe by design on his yeah. part. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Good point. Um, I I was going to point out that while I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is going to be the Tom Cruise movie where we don't see him running. And that the last scene is him uh-huh. and Bobby Duvall. Yeah, he seems to be faster than him. Frank. Yes. 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 Yeah. He loves to run. He loves to ride motorcycles and run. Uh, in, an, in another scene, Trickle is told he cannot pit. Because the crew is too busy eating, eating ice, ice cream. cream. This is this is ripped from the headlines. This incident actually occurred at the 1987 Southern 500 involving. I like that they're just. That sounds made up. They're just. They're no, just, it they're just naming fucking races after like where they're happening. Uh, involving the Hendrick Motorsports number 35 team with crew chief Harry Hyde and Richmond's replacement driver, Benny Parsons. Uh, the scene where Harry tells Cole to go out and hit the pace car is based on another real life situation with driver. These guys are made up driver, buddy Baker and his crew chief at the time, Harry Hyde on whom Harry hog is based. Uh, oh, at Daytona for the final race of the movie, gentlemen, start your engines is the voice of Burt Reynolds. Oh, 
There's one. There's there's another guy that Big almost ball. got cast and everything. Uh, real life Hendrick Motorsports pit crew member Mike Slattery served as an extra for Cole's crew. After hearing what the stuntman's pay would be, he asked for the opportunity to do some of the stunts. However, when he saw how close ca- the car came to the stuntman, he changed his mind saying they can have it. Yeah, I mean, Cole Trickle almost kills the fucking pit crew like three times in this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the the uh, the credits and we should salute. There's a bunch of stunt um, performers and there's just three great names. One, Dick Zyker. Oh, nice. And then there must be a, a, a couple of Southern brothers, Hank Hooker and Buddy Joe Hooker. Uh, Buddy oh, yeah. Joe. Buddy, Buddy Joe, Joe Hooker is maybe the perfect stuntman name. Yes. No, it's great. Um, Iconic. Ed. Quentin Tarantino disagrees with you saying this is his favorite big budget racing movie. Yeah, you laugh, but seriously, I'm a big fan. To me, Days of Thunder is the movie Grand Prix and Le Mans should have been sure it had a big budget, big stars and a big director and Tony Scott. But it had the fun of those early movies. I just don't think it works if you take the whole thing too seriously. Well, that's a good point. You can't take it seriously at all. No. Um, it's Tom Cruise and Robert Duvall are based on real people. Uh, the scene where Cole and Rowdy destroy a pair of rental cars by racing them through the city streets loosely referenced early 1950s NASCAR superstars Joe Weatherly and Curtis Turner, each of whom were known to rent cars, race, and crash them with a band. And that's amazing. Um, Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer, and Robert Town often started their days on set having arguments with Tony Scott over how to shoot scenes. Meanwhile, the crew sat around getting paid, sometimes for 20 hours a day. Some later said they had made so much overtime on the film that they could have gone on vacation for four full months after the wrap date. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's cocaine. Because because Simpson Don and Simpson. Yeah, Don oh, Simpson, yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer were up all night doing blow with with sex workers, and then they come to and the then set. they had a lots of great ideas. Yeah, they had lots. They're like, guys, we're gonna start a business together. They come, they <laughs> they show up to set and they're like, What if hear me out? What if what if they they hold a race on the moon? What if we can shoot it? We already we already called the industrial light and magic guys. We can shoot it. What if they have a race on the moon? Let's do it. And Tony Scott's like, What the fuck? I'm gonna jump off a bridge. You can yeah. you can only assume there were buckets of coke laying around on oh, this of film course. set, right? There's buckets yes. of it. Uh the four Poor Deborah Kahn and David Thorne, Mister. They were both assistants to Mister. Simpson. Oh yeah, this yeah. They were the one. One was in charge of Coke, and the other one was in charge of hookers. Obviously, uh, the film's disappointing box office performance was responsible for destroying the relationship between Paramount and super producers Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. After the film underperformed in the summer of 1990, the studio angrily responded in two ways. They insisted on an impossible low ball budget for a planned third edition of the Beverly Hills Cop franchise and asked Simpson and Bruckheimer to give Paramount nine million of their earnings for this movie back to defray losses. The producers responded by telling Paramount that they were done working there and the studio terminated their contract, which led to them taking a new production with Disney. That's kind of interesting. Whoa. What have mm. you done for me lately? Like these guys were fucking hit machines. Like they can't all be winners. Right. Uh, How much did this make? Oh, so let's talk about that. This movie. It, what was, it, it was a big deal. It was because everything is a big deal. Yeah. Yes. 
and this was his first because he does he does this is like his first like blockbuster type movie like big popcorn movie after top gun right because he does top gun and then what's after that he does um cocktail okay well let's look let's let's well, first let's look at how much money this made um any guesses at daily usually pretty good at this how rich is this fucking guy I'm going to say this made 75 million. 75 million Dolomite D, assuming you have not looked it up like you did with I'm Fred guessing, Thompson's I age. I did not look up Fred Thompson's yes. age, and I'm guessing 55 million. 55 million. The budget for this movie, and it seems like a paltry sum, but in 1990, this was a big budget, $60 million. This is before Tom Cruise was getting 20 just for him. How much of that was Don Simpson's cocaine? Yeah, that's, that, that's definitely at least $1.5 million. Uh, budget sixty million, worldwide gross, one hundred and fifty-seven million dollars. I mean, that wow. seems like a, what's the problem? Yes, yeah. What was Paramount that's, that's a successful about, movie? I would say, especially in the nineties. Yeah, like for, that's three times return for sure. Yeah, that's I mean, a hundred million dollar I mean, movie. Even any on, investment where you make it three times, that's a that's a success. Absolutely. I mean, I've got his movie list pulled up right here. Right, he went. So he went. Color of Money, Cocktail. Yep. So, yes. excuse me. Let's go back here. Yes. Color Top Gun, Color Money. Yes. Cocktail, an uncredited scene in Young Guns How- where he was a henchman shot off the roof. Who knew? <laughs> yes. Rain Man, born on the fourth of July. Movie. Yeah. Then Days of Thunder. Yes. Then a two-year sabbatical. Let's assume that's when he found Scientology. Yes. Far and away. Yep. Then two lawyer movies, yep. a few good men in the firm. Yep. These then are all went, big hits. Then he went uh, artistic on us with Interview of the Vampire. I've never seen it, but it has to be horrible, right? I, I, I would not bring myself to see that. Yeah. Movie. I, I think I saw uh, like some minutes of it 20 years ago yeah. and it wasn't good. Yeah. But that was a big deal still. Yeah, because he was, he was, it was considered like a big risk for him. Yeah. And it was like uh, an artsy turn. Yeah. 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 Uh, two year break. Two year break. Mission Impossible. Yeah. Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Three year break. Eyes wide shut. Yeah, that was the um, sex movie. Magnolia. Oh, great that movie. Was, that that was his. He, he was great in that. Frank T.J. Mackey. Yeah. What a fucking character. Fantastic. Two year break. Yeah. Mission Impossible. Then questionable Vanilla Sky. No, I I saw Vanilla Sky. I fucking hated it. I thought I it was hated that I movie. fucking hated it so much. I didn't understand it. I don't know why Cameron Diaz was there. Also, that little Australian guy, Noah something, he's there. I don't get it. It's a dream. It's not a dream. I hate anything that happens in dreams and you don't know yeah. if it's a dream or not. I fucking, it's, it was too hard to follow. That said, people love that movie. It a lot of people love way that movie. too much. It does. Yeah. And it's, I like, I feel like I, did I miss something? Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, I'm not rewatching it. Rewatching no. it. Yeah. Um, what else? Dolan Minority Report. That's where yes. you had the flat top with, yeah, with so Ed's guy, Report. Jamie Foxx. He was an Austin Powers gold member. Yeah. The Last Samurai. Yeah. No, Collateral. That was good. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. With Jamie Foxx. War of the Worlds. Mission Impossible 3. Lions for Lambs. I've never heard never of it. Never heard of it. Then his star turned in lion, or excuse me, in Tropic Thunder. Oh, what's the what's the one where he was a samurai? Oh, the last samurai. The last samurai. Uh, samurai. He was a white samurai. Yeah. Yeah. Then not uh, allowed to do that anymore. Yeah. Now Tropic Thunder. Yeah. That was excellent. Yes, Tropic Thunder was great. Yeah, uh, it was a good movie. 
Valkyrie. He was okay in that. Yes, I didn't Night, see it. Night the Kill Day. Hitler movie. Oh yeah, and yeah, that was that's the one where he kills movie. Hitler. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Night and Day with Cameron Diaz, right, right near the end of Cameron Diaz's career. She's coming back, by the way. Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who asked for that, but she's she's yeah. returning to the the world of acting. Like, sometimes she just lets sleeping dogs lay. Yeah, right? I agree. Uh, I agree. Uh, Mission Impossible goes Protocol, Rock of Ages. Now Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher's the one where he's supposed to be like a really huge dude. Six nine. Yeah, Jack Reacher's like some uh, massive. It's a dude. book series yeah. where where the whole premise of the guy is that he's huge. Yeah, yeah. Like like they wanted the Rock to play Jack Reacher. And no. they w- went with Tom Cruise instead. They got to do the same kind of camera tricks they did with Vin Diesel. Yeah, with the oh, Rock. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Then we're Mission Impossible again. Another Jack Reacher movie. The he's, Mummy. He's got another Jack Reacher. Mm-hmm. He's got two Mission Impossibles coming out. It's a, yeah. they're breaking it up into two movies: a part one and part two. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Mission Impossible. Then Top Gun Maverick and. This guy yeah. has 50 credits to his name. Yeah. All 50. Almost all, all of them are massive. Yeah. All Almost all. No, of them. He's, yeah. We How may about, make fun of the guy, but what yeah. a what a star. And he's, How about HBO? More like this. When you finish the movie, Iron Eagle. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> we'd, have to, we'd have to put that one in the queue at some point. Oh, for sure. That's a classic. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, we make fun of we make fun of Tom Cruise, but he is he is the quintessential movie star because he's, he's so charismatic. He's, he's a great actor. Like he's, he's really good at what he does and he fucking puts himself into it. Like that's really him hanging off the fucking buildings and shit. You know, he's yeah, it's him hanging off the plane. Yeah. He can't fix those teeth. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's both ridiculous and impressive yes. at the same time. Yeah, no, absolutely. He can't fix those teeth. Yes. Well, um, he did fix them. He got the Visalign. No. No, they're still the same. They're still fucked well, up. And he off had the left, one. Right? He had the one that was on the wrong side, and he, I think he like <laughs> straightened it out to kind of be more in the middle, but like not perfect. But you don't want Tom Cruise. You don't want big veneers on Tom Cruise. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, hard not to see now. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything? Anything we missed here, guys? No, I think I think we covered. Think, we we gave this this movie a lot more credit than it deserved. It is. Yeah, this, I, I would say this is the most thorough review ever. Yes. In history yes. of this movie. I would not suggest anybody watch this movie. No. It's, or, I mean, there's a lot of fast forwarding that can be done. I'll tell you that. We've so done the work for it's you. It's at so least you don't half an hour to. too long. Uh, okay. Dola, appreciate you joining us. We'll have you back for sure. Great job. Yeah, good Thank job, you. Dola. Uh, An absolute pleasure. Yes. Ed Daly, fantastic at work as always. For special guest Dola, my D. For Ed Daly, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been... Whichever episode, I'm not sure yet, of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye, guys. CBLS, hell yes, the lifestyle's baller. Podcast getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do. With Easy Ed Daily and the man Jay Stew and Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. Talking loud, covers, conundrums, my brothers. Reviewing some movies and shows and the others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star. Even the haters will love us And we're not trying to talk politics a lot We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot Shit's so hot Man, you know the shit's on top Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot Listen up, you players and shot callers TBLS, the lifestyle's baller And you know the show is so flawless TBLS, the lifestyle's baller Listen up, you players and shot callers TBLS, the lifestyle's baller 
And you know the show is for all us TBLS, the lifestyle's ball. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.